welcome to episode 282 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and himself, Jason Roberts. Hi, Jason. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Thanks. So are we streaming Periscope or Meerkat? We're streaming Meerkat today. So what's the, what's the difference? Well, um, I believe that Meerkat is a little less used, a little less known about, but apparently has a stronger community when people do come in and watch. Although at the moment, there is zero people watching our stream. Okay, well, in terms of features, does it do anything different um, or differently? It's basically the main, I think the main thing that it does differently is um, it keeps the comments on the screen. So with, with the Periscope, the comments kind of just come on for a second and then fade off. Ah, uh, right. That's okay. really the main difference. Um, and hopefully the switching the camera backwards and forwards uh, makes a difference. See, that would be key. Yeah. To me, that would be, that was the biggest drawback. I mean, it, it, if it's either on me the whole time or if it's on you the whole time, it'd be kind of weird. And yeah. if you switch back and forth and there's a delay, that's kind of strange. Yeah, switching backwards and forwards seems to work pretty well on the Meerkat if we had anyone in the room. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't. All right, well, doesn't matter then. Yeah. So we'll, just, right. we'll just keep it going and then I'll, I'll, I'll watch out and let you know if anyone joins in. Okay. All right. Um, so let's start with the Justin Vincent health update. I, I, I noticed. Really want to start. I, I, I do just because I notice your, uh, your walking, your treadmill has gone missing. Your walking desk is gone already. Wow. Yeah. One and done. Or did you use it for like one day? Or how no, many days used, did you use I it? I used it for, I used it for, I guess, um, probably, I just overused it in the first week that I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but, but how many times did you use no, it? Actually, no, that's not true. Here's the, here's how, here's how the chain of events went. I got it, and then I used it quite sensibly just as a treadmill because I didn't have the desk at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I got the desk. Are you sure this isn't incredibly boring for me? This is not. This is actually fascinating to okay. me. So, and also a little funny. All right. Fine. <laughs> so I got, the, uh, I got the desk. Oh, there's one person here, so I think I should probably put it on myself so that they can see my shame. Okay. <laughs> so I got the desk, and once I actually started get got the desk, then I overdid it. Right, so basically, you did it like four hours or five hours in your first day or something like that. Oh no, I I did like fourteen hours in the first couple of days. I just yeah. really, really overdid it. So I, I just ended up like walking flat foot for fourteen hours in a row and basically put my the, the little suspension that goes underneath your feet. I put that out. Yeah, yeah, your fascia, plantar fascia. Yeah. So okay, so here's the thing I want to ask. I mean, I thought that that was ultimately a pretty cool solution. You just misused it for a few days i mean why get yeah. rid of it i mean you're gonna ultimately your, your feet are gonna get better well it's like i already said to you i don't want I, I don't want something in my house that can do that much damage to me hell anything in your house any knife in your kitchen <laughs> do 10 times more damage than the treadmill yeah but it, i just feel too i just feel not great about it you know i just feel like like you've been abused by your treadmill basically, yeah <laughs> fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me right Ah, uh, well, that's too bad. So, no, was it you? Let me ask you this: Was it you deciding that it was just a bad memory that you want to remo removed, or did Georgie be like, "Look, I never want to hit that thing here in the first place. Can we get rid of, get rid of it now?" Uh, definitely, Georgie had a little part of it, but you can see that the desk is still there. Yeah, no, so I see that. that now. I, I'm every day. I'm getting. Yeah, because we're going to get rid of that desk. Yeah, well, because I because I noticed desk. I noticed you had quite a nice little uh, desk in your office. Yeah. Now. And uh, I was like, oh, it looks like Georgie had a role. Well, that's, the, that's the original desk that I did have. Oh, okay. So yeah. you had moved it. Where was it? Where did you put it? Oh, that, was, that was there. Oh, you put it there. Okay. okay yeah. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so that's... 
how are your how are your feet doing now? Because you're walking around like an old man shuffling for like about six weeks. But it's been a while now, right? I must say I really enjoy this line of questioning. I mean, it's <laughs> excellent. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> I love this. this. is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> okay. I can now walk down to um, the aquatic center from here. So basically, I and I do that pretty much every day with it's a quarter mile. Well, right. Yeah. So it takes about, you know. 25 minutes to get down, 25 minutes to get up. Oh, so it's probably more than a quarter mile. I go oh, around. I, I kind of go around. I don't go down. The, there's a fast way going oh, down Oh, so maybe hill. it's like a mile, mile and a half walk. But the thing is, G won't, G won't let me go down the fast way because it's like a deep, steep. A, a steep hill. You think you're going to fall over and drop, Jack? <laughs> that would be bad. So, but I mean, how much pain are you when you walk? Uh, I... After an hour, the pain starts, but I'm I'm pretty good up for an hour. So you can like go walk around, yeah, go can, shopping with G, yeah. with G or yeah. go. And you're not like yeah, exactly. He's I'm not, not like I'm not you're not shuffling behind or like anymore. If that's what you what's say. that? I'm not a complete cripple already. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I imagine if you guys are walking, you're like her eighty old, eighty five year old grandfather, and she's like, "Come on, can you walk a little." <laughs> you're like, oh, "I can't walk," no. you know. No. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. So, uh, any 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 other health updates? No. <laughs> do i have to <laughs> i know i want to how, how's the how, how about you <laughs> no no how's the um how's the case you going to cats no do you stop that i stopped cats yeah how come uh the reason i stopped cats was because i just felt like it was making my shoulder worse like they for whatever reason they were just making this shoulder i went in with a with a mildly a shoulder that had mild discomfort Mm-hmm. I I went there for three weeks and I ended up with a shoulder that I could barely move my left arm now. <laughs> so it's just like okay, okay. I'm gonna just take a break and just do just see if it just gets better without them doing it. Messing anything. with it, yeah. Were they just doing too many, just stretching it and working it too hard? I think? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, all I know is like I've never had a shoulder that hurt that much. Until I spent like three weeks there. My feet got better. My feet were, but I think that's related to the orthotics in the shoe. So. The orthotics and then just time. Yeah. <sighs> All right. How are you feeling? Fantastic. Well, how, oh, let's see. Life how, is amazing. Well, how about the, how's the, how's the <laughs> low carb, the, the low slash almost no carb diet? Um, and what's great is that the people who are like on the stream can see, you know, just how much I enjoy answering. <laughs> um, <laughs> The diet, I'm just, I'm just basically, you know what I'm doing? The one thing I'm doing is checking my blood sugar every day mm-hmm. and it's kind of hovering just under 200. Mm-hmm. So I'm really wanting to get it down. Because um, would you say the high side of normal is 90? Yeah. No, no. 90 is good. Okay. 90 is good. Okay. Like what, like if I got down to 120, I, it would be great. If I just, but I mean like a normal person has no, does not have diabetes yeah, it's, is, is below 100, right? 80 to 90. I think it's like 90 and then if they wake up in the morning, it should be 70 or something like that. Oh, because it's depending on what you've yeah. eaten. Right. And so you're around 200, which it was, you, when you hadn't checked for a long time, it was around 400? It was, yeah, so you it was dropped pretty high. Yeah. Significantly. That's great. Well, that's great. So you're just trying to cut out the carbs and the sugar? I am. You're doing a good job? You give yourself what? A B minus? C? C? Yeah. Not so great? Yeah. Tough. All right, well, all right, I'll quit torturing you. Thank you so much. I, I want to know, you know, it's right, inquiring minds. It's all right. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, do we, I do, do we, I'm wondering, do we want to know about your own health? Health. Uh, well, I have not much to say other than um, uh, I still have a strain of doctor and it's just not getting better. I, I've been going to a 
to a, a specialist and I've been to three separate physical therapists and basically the consensus is it's a strained tendon. Don't mess with it. Ice it, you know, let it heal. But it's just been like six, seven months. So we should call this show like old guys complaining about various different injuries mm-hmm. and being old. Yeah. So, and I also have the strained uh, that, you know, when I strained my uh, elbow from lifting. So I'm still, so I'm still on the injury reserve. So I just go to the gym and do the elliptical. That's all I can do. So it's pretty boring. So one thing for the, for the three people who are on, are, are any of you regular texting listeners? Please do chat and let us know. That'd be much appreciated. Because people just kind of come in, cycle in randomly. Yeah, there's, there's, there's John, speci- joint specialist, Mouse, and Gary Stevenson. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Is it, what was that? Um, what was that? It was, it was, I don't know, it was an app or a website that people used four or five years ago when you would just kind of randomly get on with different people. Chat roulette. Chat roulette. It's yeah. kind of like chat roulette, except it's video. Yeah. And, and, but chat it's roulette broadcast. was video. Yeah, so this is broadcast style yeah. chat roulette, right? Yeah, I think so. It's a little, really a little bit like that, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not just that because um, people do build up a fan base. Like there, there's quite a few people who are creators who are building up a fan base on Meerkat and. Um, but, but but still, I mean, from a from a functionality standpoint, it's just one to many instead of one to one. Yeah, that's the only real, from a functionality. That's really ninety yeah. percent. But chat. But I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of like Twitter, but streaming video. That's the better way to think about it. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Well, because well, you build up an well, audience. Skype or whatever is like one to one chat. You get on Twitter and it's like broadcast chat or right. broadcast messages. Yeah. Or exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, the world is moving forward. All right. Well, uh, do you want to do you want to talk about something? <laughs> do you want to talk about something? You know, I want to start off by giving an update on the uh, on the math team. Okay. Is this this is you have the madness about the math team? Well, it, we just it just the year ended. Oh, so uh, I think yeah, we should okay. give an update. So um, last day of school is on uh, Thursday. So few things happened um uh i i gave the kids a final exam at yeah. the end about a, a little over a week ago mm-hmm. and we spent like about a week week and a half you know preparing for it i, I gave the kids i created a couple of what i what i'd call like practice exams yeah you know just so they could get a sense because we were covering the material from the entire year so it was algebra and combinatorics and trigonometry and calculus and you know all that kind of stuff so it was a lot it was a lot um and you know, it's kind of like, if you, you know, at the end of the year when you're in high school and you're preparing for like your SAT subject exams or AP exams or whatever. So I was trying to, cause I wanted them, I wanted to get them caught up and, and use a review, but I want, I was hoping that they would do well. Um, so I uh, gave the test and it was funny the day I was grading it, um, you know, Colby comes home from school and I'm like done grading, but I, le- I leave his for the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know just just for fun and um and uh, i had asked sandy the night before i'm like so what do you th- how, how do you think colby's gonna do and she's like uh out of the 12 kids she's like i think he'll be about sixth i was like really only six she's like yeah he's just gonna make too many silly mistakes and i was like you know i think i have a feeling he could be in the top three i'm gonna say third right so i leave it for the end and colby comes in he's like he's like Whoa. What do everybody do? What's this? What are the scores? And I say, well, you know, everybody's great except for you. I'm just finishing up George. Like George has got the number two spot with an 85. percent And this is, you know, like I said, this is a hard test. Yeah. Um. Although half the class scored over 80, and about three quarters scored over 70. percent mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. You know, a few kids who they basically just didn't study as hard as they should have because I think they were just sort of done for the end of the year. You know. 
Right, but did you by any chance let anything slip about what the test was going to be about or anything like that? No, I mean, I everything else. Colby, Colby had no idea. They No, because, you know, Colby's not going to put any extra time in anyway beyond just working, doing his homework. You know, I mean, he yeah. has... He has baseball practice and other stuff going on, so it's not like I'm gonna take too much of his time. And okay. and also, I created these practice tests for the kids. Yeah. So I was like, if you can do all the problems on these practice tests, you should do well. Yeah. Right. So the kids who really did work hard on that did well, and the kids who kind of sloughed it off didn't do so well. Yeah. As you might expect. So um, so Kobe comes in, and I'm grading his. And I'm like, and I, I was giving him a grade of a, you know, a, a zero through a three. Zero, of course, you don't get, you don't get, you get it completely wrong. One, it's like, you know, you kind of had the right idea, but you, you, you kind of went off the rails somewhere. Yeah. Two point, you got two points if you made like a silly mistake. You, you get a plus and a minus messed up somewhere in the, in the algebra equation, and you, and you kind of threw things off. Yeah. But it wasn't that you didn't understand. So that's every question with a zero through four, basically. Or a three, through a three. Three, okay, right. And so I'm going through a call. I'm like, three, 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 three. And like, oh, that's a one. He's like, come on. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I like that. I think that's a one. You know, you didn't, you, you just misunderstood something here. Yeah. You know? He's like, oh. And so he's sitting on the couch. He puts his sunglasses on. He's just sitting back. <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, wow, this is looking pretty good. And I get it. Hands come down 96%. 96. So he smokes the the test he, he he sets the curve so that was pretty cool that's awesome Colby. i'm so he did really well i was really proud of him um that's awesome and i was proud of the class overall because everybody or actually most of them did really well and i said the link couple that two or three that just were underperformed it was just i could tell that they were not that they'd kind of lost focus it was right. the last week or two of school yeah they're, they're ready for their vacations but but colby's really into it because because well, you know, Colby wants to do well. I mean, but you know, it's also that you know, I make sure he finishes homework. I mean, not he's gonna do his homework and he's gonna get every problem. I'm gonna go over the problems. If he gets them wrong, I'm gonna go over and explain to him how to do it and make him fix it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's just you know. But I, I think parents of most of kids who, I mean, there's certain types of parents who just expect their kids to do well in school. Right. And if you want your kid to do well in school, then you need to when they're young, you kind of have to. Check over the homework, make sure they did it right. And, yeah. you know, as they get older, then it's kind of in their hands. But when they're 10, 10 11 years old, you know, you kind of got to stay on them. Right. Um, there's a couple kids in the class who I think whose parents are completely uninvolved and they're pretty impressive. Because and they're, they, they're still doing well? <clears throat> yeah, they're just, uh, they're just really, uh, I, I don't know, achievement focused and, and just really self disciplined. It's pretty impressive. Well, that's great. Um, so I guess. I guess I could give you a bit of a jack update then. Oh no, I haven't finished. I, oh, okay. This is just the whole. This is the whole. Um, so then, but it, but it, it doesn't finish that he got ninety six percent. That's not the whole. That's the whole math team update. That's just okay. That's just right. a small part of it. All right. Well, that's great. So um, then on Monday, the 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 the, the following Monday, I had um, I'd been trying to set up a field trip over to Caltech. Yeah. And fine, and I've been working with these 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 guys who uh, these two guys who Julius and James are the co-directors of the outreach program over at Caltech, yeah. and Caltech is three blocks, four blocks from our from our school, and I was trying to see if they could help set up a field trip, and they did at the very last minute. In fact, it was like eleven o'clock the night before, and I still hadn't gotten final details. I'm like, okay, like who are we meeting? You know, is this even going to happen? Is this going to happen? Because it's like I had had all the permission slips permission slips signed and 
we're going to leave at nine o'clock and we're gathering out in front of the school or leaving at like eight 40 right after the kids get to school. So I'm like, this is gonna be pretty embarrassing if like last minute, like, Oh, there's no field trip. How many, how many kids are we going to go on the field trip? 12 with the whole, the whole math. Oh, okay. Cool. Day team. So are the math team. So, um, finally, you know, they get back to me at 11 o'clock at night. And so we have the whole, we have a whole setup of just people to meet. So we, uh, you know, a few parents came along and we walked over there and, um, we met with a guy who is a physicist who works on uh, quantum computers. Yeah. And nice. so um, that was really cool. So he, so he, we went to this, this room, you know, these, you know the kids sitting on the tables and he, he has some problems on the board. And so we, he, first he talks about quantum computers a little bit and about what he does and what it's like to be a physicist and at Caltech and things. And then, then we go over and do some problems and um, we did some, you know, some factorization problems and some, can you know sequence and series problems and then we did one which is like the money hall probably you have three doors right and like you know the one door has a million dollars or something and then you know you could pick one door if it's the wrong door you know like, you know i don't know, like you know should you switch your guess if it's the wrong door or if it's you know if they i i can't remember how that goes but it's like you have to switch and is it better to switch or not and there and it was this one of these kind of problems that was written up in a and um in a magazine in the eighties and this, this, it, it was very controversial because a woman who, 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 um, wrote up about, wrote about the problem and, and explained the solution. She's, her name is Marilyn Voss Savant and she is like, reportedly the highest IQ of all time at 220 IQ. Wow. But her explanation created controversy among the mathematical community because all these mathematicians are writing out, it's like, this is incorrect and for X, Y, and Z reason that violates the laws of probability and whatever. <laughs> and, um, anyway, I think she turned out to be correct in the end. Right, but uh, one of our kids got it right and, and explained it perfectly. One of our kids, yeah, McCarley, oh, nice. said, and uh, he was just speechless. He's like, "That is a perfect explanation." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Go, McCarley!" <laughs> and I was like, "All right." And you this, know. this is like a physicist. Uh huh. As a physicist, oh, that's very physicist. Cool. you know, it was really funny. So, um, cool. so he said, um, he said something about. He goes something like quantum computers, and he said, "He says, you know, I work on quantum computers, but they don't exist." And Kobe goes, "Yeah, they do." <laughs> and and then he's like, "No, they don't." Kobe's like, "Yeah, they do." <laughs> I'm standing, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Because <laughs> I had I like the day before I I when I found out we were going to meet this guy, I I knew a couple days before that he was potential person we might be talking to." Yeah, and so I said, "Hey, Kobe, go on YouTube and see if you can." Re- you know, watch a video on quantum computers so that when this guy talks to us, you might know a little bit more about what he's, he does. <laughs> so he watches these videos and they, you know, they show like, you know, it's kind of like Discovery Channel, like, oh, this is what a compro- They have the beginnings of quantum Yeah, like right? prototype and yeah. like, oh, we got a couple qubits doing this thing and, you know, and it was just so funny because Colby's just, gets this, he's like, yeah. Locks horns with a physicist. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. But what did the physicist say? I, he just like, I don't know who won. I don't think they agreed to disagree. <laughs> and um, that's funny. And then another part, because, you know, Colby will just say things at times and, you know, they could just be totally out of left field and kind yeah. of embarrassing. So he, he, he <laughs> so he was like, does he want to have any questions? And, and the kids were asking a couple, of, you know, generally on topic, but a little bit silly because, you know, they're 10 or 11. Yeah. And Colby goes, have you heard of the Suicide Squad? What the and and, and so he had he had he he had mentioned JPL, yeah. And, and Cal, he's like, well, it was Caltech and JPL, and we you know we work together, and it's a, you know, and um, for people who don't know, that's JPL is a Jet Propulsion Lab, which is like three or four miles away, and that's uh, and it's actually managed or run by Caltech. Yeah. So um, 
uh, and it's one of these. It's one of the uh, the NASA's um, space science centers. Um, so, so yeah. So Colby raises his hand. He goes, "Have you ever heard of the Suicide Squad?" And I then so Sandy and I are both like, "Oh, oh God, no. what is this? This is gonna be like some video game thing." Oh, I mean, no. you know, just like. Um, and he's like, "No, no." And he's like, "Well, that th- those are the guys who started JPL." I was like, "You know, he's right." I go and I go, "Oh yeah." I go. JP, I go, those are like Parsons and some of those other guys. They were they were Caltech guys who would go over to this little sort of deserted desert-like area, which is now JPL, and they would play in, with their rockets. They would experiment with their rockets. And they called themselves a suicide squad because they got injured themselves at least once or twice because of the rockets <laughs> blowing up or something. And, I mean, I've seen stuff on, like, History Channel, Discovery Channel, like, you know, the history of JPL or whatever. And um, there's some crazy stories about these guys. But, yeah, they, they nicknamed themselves the suicide squad. So I was like, oh, okay, whoo! <laughs> like Colby did say some completely embarrassing. Like it was actually an odd topic. I wish you could see the comments. Um, Philip Monet saying, "Go Colby, Colby," and then like a big, uh, <laughs> like a like a, a golden. Um, what are those things that they give you when you win a prize? Uh, trophy. Yeah, trophy. trophy. That's it, yeah. <laughs> golden trophy. Mich- Micah Olcorn's here. He's saying it's great to see texting on Meerkat. It's nice. And there's a few other people. Oh, cool. there's ten people watching right now. So, oh, great, yeah, great. That's nice. So, so the Caltech thing. So we, we talked to that physicist, and then for like for, he, for like forty five minutes, and then we went over, and there was a math two mathematicians um, had some problems for the kids to solve, and that was okay. One of the mathematicians, um, it was just I actually I didn't understand what he was doing, and, uh, and Sandy and I, 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 I turned to Sandy, I'm like, do you really understand his explanation? And she's like, no. She's like, I don't think anyone really understood what he was talking. Right, about. right. It was like it reminds me of like what happens when you go to go to university and you have a professor and they just completely confusing horrible explaining something and you're Uh-oh. just like yeah that sucks you know it's just a it's kind of a bad feeling you're just like i really yeah. i don't really want to say anything because maybe everyone else understands but i really have no idea what he's talking about <laughs> um then uh then a, a um a lady who programs the mars rover yeah uh every day so every day they um they they write up like the, a program for the next day mm-hmm. you know and so and so it takes like 15 minutes to shoot it to mars you know, because this 15 minute delay, like we run it into like what's happening, right? Because so they read it. And that program is probably very similar to those games that you do where you where you program something to get the little robot to move left and right. Yeah, move up here, pick yeah. this thing up, test this sample, yeah. do this. So um, and but I guess what she say, like the 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 Mars day is like 40 minutes or 28 minutes shorter than the Earth day. So yeah. it, kind of, it gets slowly off every day so their their days get later and later and later uh, you know over time and they have to kind of switch it up but yeah so they written they've written some sort of a high level language for their commands not like they write it in in, in c or even python they have kind of their own little scripting language right easier. right yeah there's like 400 scientists and engineers that work on that yeah they're programming it and getting all the scientific studies they're going to run all the scientists are going to well, do this. one Wow. Well, because and they, as they have two, they have the what the there's there's two of the there's the Mars rover. I can't remember which ones is which, but um, they're in different parts of the of Mars. So they're, I think the furthest she said that one of them has traveled is like twenty miles. Yeah, and but they're on the, it's like literally on like ones in like Afghanistan and the other ones in Florida. I mean, they're never going to run into each other. They're wow. totally opposite sides of the planet. But um, so we had her. She 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 gave the kids a talk, and we were outside. The kids were eating their snack, and she gave the talk, and then we went and saw this uh, laboratory that studies flies and how flies bra- fly brains work. <laughs> huh. So they, they, they inject this sort of um, 
they have like a DNA. They have a uh, something's done to the DNA so that they're um, so that they're, it's almost like uh, luminesces, like they're, they're yeah, they're yeah, all yeah, stuff luminesces. Is that the fruit? That, is this the fly that is the fly that they use to study like basically life longevity and everything like the Drosophila yeah. fruit okay. fly or whatever? Yeah. Probably I don't know. I can't remember what he said. It was a little tiny one, so it probably is fruit fly. Yeah, and um, we got to see their whole laboratory and their wind tunnel and. That's awesome. awesome. So the kids love that. And then we finished up. We went and saw this, uh, talked to this lady who, um, she's an organic chemist and she runs her whole, she has a whole lab and all these graduate students stuff work for her. So she gave this great talk on organic chemistry and, and everything and they took tour of the lab. So. so Jason, for anyone who's joined us, um, Jason's just talking about taking his son and 11 other kids around the JPL uh, lab. Oh, Caltech. Caltech. Sorry, the Caltech uh, lab. Um, they had the kids in for a field day, I guess. No, well, no, no. So the, it was a field trip. Yeah. So it was three hours. So we just walked over there and met with different scientists and got talks and tours awesome. and stuff. So very cool. That was great. It was a great way to, you know, to sort of finish things off. And then the last is so a Wednesday was supposed to be like our end of year pizza party. Oh yeah. And, you know, but we had, um, and that, originally that's all we're going to do is just order pizza and the kids come in, you know, just eat pizza and have fun and that's it. Yeah. Say goodbye to him. And, but at the, at the, so there's this thing called the Passing Education Foundation, which is a nonprofit that puts millions of dollars into this passing a school system. Yeah. Creates all kinds of programs and different things. Um, and Sandy uh, is on the, um, I was on the board and she's one who, who, who um, chaired the gala. So she, she, as a result, she knows a lot of the top people in the, you know, the district. So we're there and she introduces, she, she encourages me to talk to introduce myself and talk to the um the superintendent are we now still at caltech no no this is this is has nothing to do with caltech anymore you are now at a pizza party this is this is this is so this is <laughs> i'm just kind of taking You're a little side to explain this let's <laughs> okay you lost focus here no, because, no, <laughs> but you, you said we're there do you mean at the garden no 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 yeah so so we were supposed to have a pizza party on the wednesday yeah okay i said but th- something else happened and so I, I'm, we end up getting a visit from the superintendent of the Pasadena School District. Ah, he's okay. like the CEO. Okay, he's in charge of thirty thousand kids and all that. And he's blown away by how well the math group's doing. Well, he hurt. So when I when I introduced myself, I told him a little about what we're doing, and his eyes lit up because he's like, you know, I used to be a math teacher my, uh, myself. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's like, that sounds amazing. I'd love to come see it. But of course, when he said that. You know, I, he's very, his time is in demand. I, I, I doubted that we, he would actually stop by. Yeah. Because there's only like two weeks left in school when we talked. But we get a confirmation the night before. She said, he, you know, he's, his assistant said, you know, that Dr. McDonald will be stopping by tomorrow. Okay. So I tell the kids, I'm like, all right, kids, pizza at the end. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> so he stops by with um, a lady who's in charge of student services, another, you know, high up director. And um, I, I, we, what I do is I just have the kids do a series of really tricky trig algebra calculus problems on the board, and they are all working in groups, and you know we're kind of doing a little competition, and they're just blown away. It's wow! Just like this is crazy. They've never seen ten-year-olds like do this calculus or whatever. Yeah, trigonometry, all this stuff. Yeah, and so, um, and so they're like, and so Sandy's sitting next to them. Well, I'm kind of running class. Sandy's sitting next to them, kind of talking them through it and saying. You know, this is kind of our methodology and this is our principles. This is what we do and this is why we do it. And this is how the kids seem to, this is what the kids seem to respond to and that yeah. kind of stuff. And so, you know, 
they're they're so excited. They're talking about like how how can we scale this to, uh, out to other schools? Wow. So they, they're thinking like maybe we could do is next year we can have to get like three pilot programs going at three other schools based on our model. And so, but I'm like, isn't it about you as the teacher though? Well, so that was interesting thing. I mean, I think. Look, I mean, do I think I do a good job? Yeah. Am I passionate about it? And do I have some, some, do I probably have more knowledge about certain aspects of math than your typical math teacher? Yeah. But can other people do this? Yeah. I think so. Well, so you're going to have to coach them in well, the methods that you use. You know, so if this thing gets going, let's just say that, that over the summer, you know, we were able to get this thing organized. I would probably write down a list of like, here's how you do it. Here's what I think works. Here's why, here's how, here's how we go through the curriculum. Here's how we do problem sets. Here's what we do in class. You know, you're free to try what you want. This is what we've been doing. This is what we found works. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, obviously I'd like to see if I can make a bigger impact doing this than just these, these kids, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, um, and it remains to be seen whether, whether the whole little come together or not. But what was interesting is so after they leave, um, the one lady comes back about five minutes later and she brings us um, another director who's in charge of all the innovative programs and gate, which is gifted and talented yeah. stuff for all schools. And she's like, why don't I know about this? <laughs> and I was like, well, we were kind of flying under the radar a little bit because, you know, we sort of just hijacked the math field day team and sort of made it something a little bit more. And she's like, okay. She's like, well, She's like, you know, then she saw the, the final exam that we gave the kids and saw what the kids are doing. She's like, well, this is amazing. She's like, yeah, okay. You know, um, so they were, she's really excited about it. Hmm. And so the plan is that we're going to get together and talk in a couple of weeks and they're going to try and get a better understanding of um, what was the DNA of this model, like how it work. One thing she said, though, because so half the kids had already left, you know, because by the time the kids are eating pizza and they're kind of finished up their pizza and leaving and then there's like half the kids are still uh, are there. The, and she goes... She goes, come here real quick. I want to ask you a question. So she goes around. She's like, why? What is it about this class that you like? And at first, I was like, I like the Jolly Ranchers. or I like the pizza <laughs> parties. And I'm like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> but it was really funny that, you know, most of the kids of the six that were left, like four of them were like, oh, it's the, the teachers. They're more like coaches. They, they, they care so much more. They, they're such they're great teachers. And I was like, wow, that's that's nice. I spend most of my time beating on them. <laughs> like, work harder. <laughs> Quit screwing around. <laughs> you know, but... um. But they're like, yeah, it's more like a, it's more like they're coaching, it's more like a sport. And the one girl, one of the uh, Natalie said it perfectly. She's like, it's like, she's like, I feel like it's a sport for my brain. Yeah. And so they were all very enthusiastic about, you know, they're, they're sort of, they're, they're, from the kids perspective, it was, they like being challenged. They like being with other smart kids who like to be challenged. They like it that it's more like a sport that they're doing as opposed to sitting back and just listening in their normal class, that it's more active. And they like learning advanced stuff. They mm -hmm. think it's neat, you know, just the knowledge that you're doing stuff that only older kids would do. And so they were like, um, yeah, so that, that's that. So she was really impressed by all that. And she thinks she said at the end, she's like, she's like, yeah, my only worry is that, is that I wonder, I, I, my, my concern is that a lot of it might just be you two guys. Yeah. Which is what, which is what I was thinking. Yeah. No, it's not, you know, that you, you two are able to pull this off, but it may not be, Something we can easily replicate. So we'll see. I don't think that's true. You know, I think um, I think maybe it takes 
somebody outside the system who thinks a little differently to sort of try something like this. But I certainly think other people, other teachers could do it, you know, but we'll see. So that's, that was a great way to end the year. You know, that, that was, that was literally the last five minutes of the year. That is awesome. Yeah. Things are going so, so well with those kids. Yeah. So uh, the only downside is I'm I'm probably going to lose about four or five of the kids. Yeah. Out of what twelve? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end somewhere between five and I'm gonna end somewhere end somewhere between five and eight. I really don't know where we're gonna end up with, but you know, one's going to Japan, one's going to private school, two are going to you know, two or three are going to these other high schools. I guess you can't stop people from going to Japan. Can't stop that. <laughs> but, uh, um, but but one thing, so that program could it go? Could it end up in private schools? Uh, well, you know, probably, I mean, maybe a long term, something like this. I mean, assuming you wrote about this and this got some publicity and it was and, and people got really excited about it. And, okay. and, you know, maybe some private schools be like, hey, that's really interesting. Would you come talk to us? We think about doing something like this. I mean, I, I guess. But really, this is a public school system. In right. So when you when you're talking about going to three schools, it's just within one public school system. Probably what would happen is they would pick three, um, three three middle, uh, elementary middle schools that are fourth, fifth, sixth grade kind of range that we're in and probably try and find um, a teacher slash coach of the math team and say, hey, this is what these two parents did with this math team at this school. Would you be interested in doing something like that? And if they could get a teacher slash parent or parents that wanted to, to do something like that, then, you know, could probably... Why happen. do you think this has never happened before? Why do you think a couple of other parents never just kind of fast-tracked uh, like 12, 10-year-olds through? How many, how many grades ahead did you guys go? Well, we did all of Algebra 1. We did about half of Algebra 2 Intrigue. And we did a little bit of pre... We did maybe a third or quarter of pre-calculus and 5%, Is it 10% just because people just didn't think it was possible? They say it wasn't in their reality? Um, I think it's probably been done here and there. I right, think right. maybe not exactly, maybe maybe not as extreme that we did it or whatever, but there, you run into, anytime you run into, you know, you go to a, a school where, or you run into people who turn into be physicists or mathematicians, they'll have some story about how some teacher or parent or somebody took them aside and says, hey, you know, or two or yeah. three of them say, hey, you three, you three, come here. I want you working on this. And they kind of push them aside. You know, sometimes, usually it's at a smaller scale like that because, you know, it's hard to, I mean, if you get three kids, you can just have them kind of work on their own and kind of meet with them a little bit independently. But once you get to a larger group, they need a room and you need to kind of allocate it. You need a, a sort of a, a dedicated time and it just becomes, it. you, you start running into lots of conflicts the with the system. Yeah, the system. You know, yeah. because the system has to work a certain way. You know, it's like, okay, classes start here and they end here and they go to this class. And, you know, um, so that's probably not as common. What are we laughing? We I, I'm laughing because, because... In our in our podcast, normally when we're not streaming, it's fine that you do all the talking, right? But when it's a stream, the camera's just on you, so I have to keep on turning the camera to me, just nodding, <laughs> <my head. laughs> just nodding. <laughs> and then people are like, "Hey, I saw Justin's face." <laughs> so Justin popped in. That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, uh, sorry there's about there's that. eighteen here right now. This this stream is actually turning out to be um, this is much better than the uh, periscope. Periscope, I think so. Yeah. Well, at least so, we have more no uh, higher numbers. We've got higher numbers, and yeah, the um, flipping back and forth is it works fine. Yeah, it works better. Yeah, we don't ha we don't have the uh, audio cut, I believe. Although, um, 
someone says <laughs> they're used to listening to us on 1.5 and it's really weird hearing us in real time slow motion yeah should i talk more quickly <laughs> i can talk faster okay <laughs> yeah so um so anyway just to finish off we'll see what happens i mean we'll, we'll we're supposed to meet with um this one director over the summer <clears throat> yeah in a couple weeks two or three weeks you know I mean, the thing is, is that these gate programs, gifted and talented programs, um, are, very, are generally not funded. They're kind of those things that, like, um, because sometimes they're viewed as elitist, it gives a lot of political pressure against them. So things like, you know, kids who have learning disabilities or English as a second language or any other number of things get funded. Because there's no, there's usually not a lot of political pressure against that. Oh, I can't give any special funding to these kids who are struggling to catch up mm. when you have these kids who are at the top or at the top 10% or top 2% or whatever, there's always kids who are, whose parents, there's always parents whose kids fall just below that who are upset. Mm. Like, well, my kid, or why is it my kid getting this? It's like, well, at some point there's a cutoff, right? There's some kids who don't make the basketball team, mm. you know, or some kids who don't, who try for the play and don't get a part. Mm-hmm. There's gotta be a cutoff at some point, wherever it is. Yeah. And, um, because of that and because funding is just so is so uh, limited, budgets are so limited across the board uh, in most school systems in the country, in particular in California, um, there's just no money for it. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have any money for it, then you're, you're going to have a hard time getting teachers to do stuff they're not getting paid for, right? Because they already have a, you know, their hands full just running their own classes. Um, and getting parents to come in and do something for free, that's not sort of, it's one thing for a parent to come in and, and give a talk or do something every once in a while, but to do this kind of this level this much work i mean you know it's 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 gonna hard it's gonna be hard to find parents who yeah. not only a have the expertise in a subject to do it b have the interest in doing it and and c have the have the uh flexibility in their schedule to do it yeah yeah you know so i don't know we'll see but at the very least it was nice validation yeah that you, they all got that excited it. about it rocked it all right so let's uh let's Don't talk we, about you well no let's not talk about me let's um <clears throat> you asked me to to bring a few topics to the, the table today. Yeah. But I got one for you. Um, okay. So I, I, it was something that cropped up on Hacker News as like some sub-comment of someone's. But anyway, they pointed to this website, um, Bessemer Ventures. You've heard, have you heard of Bessemer yeah. Ventures? Is the camera on you, by the way? Yeah, it is right I now. I've got to make sure that, you know, you're yeah, talking. Yeah. We should actually have yeah. the camera on you. <laughs> so, Be- so Bessemer Ventures is the nation's oldest venture capital firm. Did I, did I already talk about this? Um, no. Basically, the anti-portfolio. The anti-portfolio. Anti-portfolio. Yeah. So you know how normally like a VC firm will have their portfolio, you know, we funded in this, we, you know, we invested in this, we invested in this. So these are the ones they turned down? These are the ones they turned down, like the biggest face plants. Oh, oh my God, right. I completely screwed, you know, screwed up. They missed like Google and Apple. Well, I've got it, I've got Twitter. it here. So, so they missed, um, so what, well, one thing that's great is these guys, um, I just think it's great that they're doing it in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they, well, it's just like honest, like, hey, yeah. you know, we, you're yeah. not going to get all, you're not going to catch all of them. So they've they've had 114 IPOs, these guys. Wow. So they know what they're doing, right? Well, I guess the question <laughs> is how long they've been around. If they've been around long enough, then any fund enough companies, maybe that is such a big deal, especially if they're around during the late nineties when everybody was IPOing. Well, what I love is the way that they just they they just, you know, have the intro to this page. This long and storied history has afforded our firm an unparalleled number of opportunities to completely screw up. Mm-hmm. So um HP, they didn't mm-hmm. invest in. And it, each one, they give a little blurb about why they didn't, why but they I'm didn't. not going to go into that. Okay. So. 
Apple they didn't invest in. <laughs> eBay they didn't invest in. Mm. Facebook and each one they were totally presented. You know, it's like, yep, it's just the right. It time. wasn't like they just heard about the deal and they didn't no, pursue no, it. No, no, they got the presentation. They got the presentation. They were totally part of it. They're like, it was round the board, and it was one, you know, one guy. So they obviously have like multiple partners, but one guy said, "That sucks," and that we're we're not interested. We're not, and it it always it's just like that sucks. FedEx they passed on seven times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So Jeremy Levine spent a weekend at a corporate retreat, um, basically dodging uh, persistent Harvard undergraduate Eduardo Seravin's rabid pitch. Finally, he said, haven't you heard of friends to kid? Just move on. Oh, oh, the Facebook? Oh, Facebook. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't you heard of friends to kid? Just move on. Come on. This is going nowhere. Yep. So Google, (laughs) Google, they passed on that. Oh, God. Like brutal. Yep. Uh, Let's see what they said. With Google, they're, they're basically saying, oh, I just want to get out of this house. Like, this is, this is just a dumb pitch. So Intel they passed on, Intuit, um, Kayak, uh, PayPal. Oh. <laughs> Let me just see what... Oh, PayPal. They, uh, r- the reason why they passed on PayPal, rookie team, regulatory nightmare. No good. No hope. Right. Um, Cisco they passed on. Good. God, what did they get? Right. Like, That's like- Basically, Cisco they passed on is like... What false packet switch? Who gives a crap about that? Like, <laughs> that's well, what have they? What have they gotten right? Have they got okay? Tesla, they passed on. <laughs> These guys suck. They pass on everything. They get they get anything good. Yammer, they passed on. What yeah. have they gotten right? Well, let's have a look. Probably let's... a bunch of boring like business, uh, you know. Enterprise oh no stuff. no no no! They've got they some go? good ones. Uh, LinkedIn, Skype, Yelp, Pinterest. Uh, Gartner, uh, Box, um, none of them are as big as Twili- Twilio, Shopify. I mean, ah, there's there's just loads of. But you know what? You know what all those other ones sound like? See, those are all like of a certain type. Like after a pattern or a new regime switch has been established, then they jump on. But all those other ones were something completely new. FedEx, completely new. Hewlett Packard, completely new. Apple, Google. I mean, these things were like. Just completely uh, switching up the the paradigm, right? That's interesting. So they you're saying they're just followers, they're sheep. Well, yeah. Like once once there's sort of this new model has sort of been established, um, they're happy to they're happy to jump on. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think, but stuff that's really new, that's just that's just. Uh, well, Skype's not bad. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting when they did it. But I I think. I think that uh, just just from what you talked about, they missed the ones that were that were just. They did. Uh, they they missed some pretty humdingers. It's they like, don't have a lot. They don't have. A, it seemed like they didn't have a lot of imagination. It's like it's like not signing yeah. the Beatles, right? Yeah. And I think most of those ones on their anti portfolio were the Beatles kind of yeah. level of things. So, so what they're doing? See, here's what I think their problem is, or, or that reason they miss those things is they do like most what I think most uh, venture. Fun, uh, fun VCs do, and and most people do is they pattern match. They don't look at the underlying principles of like why how this thing could work, or why it could work. They look, wow, does this match up? Does this pattern match with these other things that have worked recently? You know, in recent memory of the last few years. So if it's something that's completely different, they're like, you know, Apple, like some home computer thing. You know, that that's crazy. Like you know, like they just don't have the imagination, or you know, that that's what it seems to me. Well. 
If it I would, had to, you might it would take Airstream. some certain kind of foresight to look at Apple and think, oh my God, this is going to take over the world. Maybe so. You know what I mean? But you know, I don't know. I, 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 I know there's a, there's a logistical thing to this about like how, why they limit their deals so much, but it would seem like one of the problems is, is that they, they only, they only invest in a very small number of deals per year. Right. Because they feel like they need to be act on the board and actively managing actually act sort of and from their perspective adding value the reality is is they've i think union square ventures has talked about this um what's it got fred wilson talked about that that there's a negative correlation between the involvement of the vcs and how successful the company does the more the see the more uninvolved the see the less involved the vcs are the better the company does but don't you think that even though they didn't get those like beetles like they've been very it's it's kind of like uh when did we hear that? Uh, this is like a few years back. The best way to win a game is not to win by a large amount of points, is to win consistently by a small amount of points. Consistently win by a very small amount of points. That's what the best players do of any game. So isn't this like that? What? You've never heard of that? No. You never, you never heard that the, that the, best, the best players... Okay, well, what you're talking about is... Okay, so here's the thing. And the difference between that is, so if, if you and I are playing chess... Right. And you beat me, whether you beat me in chess barely or a lot, you win. That's right. all that matters. You don't get any more points to that. Whereas if you make money on investment, they make you make 2x or you make 100x, that's a difference. Right? 100x return on your investment is is much different than a 2x. It makes a difference. If you can find what they call nowadays the term is Unicorn. unicorns. You used, two years ago, they're talking about the black swans, whatever you want to call it. The, the 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 really big ones. I mean, that's where the majority of the success comes from. I mean, Paul okay, but they're, about but they're all ten. Like for example, for their investment, like a lot of those are going to be like a ten x's. I mean, it's not like a hundred x kind of thing, right? Wait, which you're talking about the ones they invest like yeah, like Skype or something like that. I mean, they're they're probably making a five to a ten x on that. No, they're probably making money. I think. I mean, yeah. what was it? Skype was sold like what one point five yeah. billion a Microsoft. Well, well, so so I mean, that that's my point. So make thirty. So rather than go rather than go for these things that just seem like black swans to them and you just because that because there's a lot of things that seem like black swans. like i mean you look at a lot of things and they seem like revolutionary and and kind of weird and you're like if your only bet was those rather than the pattern matching approach mm. you'd probably just end up losing all your money maybe um i think paul graham's approach is they just invest in a lot of stuff you know if they just spread their bets whether they do 60 or 80 yeah like 85 companies right Every six months, but even then, with that many, they haven't had. They haven't actually had that many kind of unicorns. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, not that many. Handful, right? Mm -hmm. But what are the biggest ones? Um, Airbnb. Yeah. Stripe. Mm -hmm. What are the other big ones? You know, I'm blanking. There's got. There's, I know there's one other big one. But I can't think of it right now. But um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I think. Uh, I think that. VCs, just in general. I mean, they're they're kind of a conservative group of people. You know, they're money managers. They're yeah. they're not artists and visionaries and revolutionary. You know, they're not. It they're, really they're, reminds they're me just, of the record business. Like I remember trying to, you know, playing a demo to various different A and R people, right? And it's just always it's just always like someone's arbitrary decision. Just like, do they think you're any good? Do they not think you're any good? At the end of the day, you know, just if if they'd believed in you, you probably would have got something out of it. You know. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, but even more importantly, it's they're probably you, you, their measurement of or their metric of how good you are 
your goodness metric is very closely related to your similarity metric to the is like the the five or ten recent successes that are in your neighborhood. So it's kind of like a nearest neighbor averaging approach and algorithm. It's like so how far are you away? So you're this type of band. Yeah. What are what are some other bands that we've known that have been successful that are sort of in that genre or in that category? How similar are, how does it remind me in, in positive ways of those? And if it's close, then yeah. If it's it sucks not. if you want to do, if you've got a, an amazingly brilliant strategy and it's just completely different to anyone else's, that kind of sucks. Well, I think by definition, an amazingly brilliant strategy is completely different. Right. Because if it's not completely different, it's not really brilliant because anyone could come up with it. It's a mediocre, right? It's funny. It's kind of a similar uh, argument I was making to, I'm trying to convince one of these parents to uh, keep their kid in yeah. our school next year and not leave. And I'm like, when you go to another school, even if it's a quote unquote good school and they are in advanced math, advanced math for them is being one year ahead, right? And I said, but you are essentially going, you are reverting back to mediocrity. I mean, that's, it is a reversion to the mean, you know? And it's like, in, in, and I, I didn't really go into all this. I, I, I sort of hinted at it, but the reality is that you have to use all of your might not to revert back to the mean. The world, your own instincts, your own uh, rationalizations, everything that everything that happens almost in your in in your universe is trying to pull you back to the mean. <laughs> you know, and it's like you have to do everything you can to pull yourself out of that to get escape velocity, get away from the mean. And that's like you know to use the analogy of the math theme that I'm trying to get these kids so far advanced that we are so far away from what kids their age are doing that there can be nothing that can pull us back into orbit does that make sense or pull us back to it does make sense and i guess it must apply to everything so it can apply to the food you eat the things you do like so you could you know you could some people could be like uber sensory you know olfactory kind of put people like totally into really deep and detailed food and other people mcdonald's kind of eaters so it works in, in every facet well, any, the mean, any the mean. well, you figure like the the definition of mediocrity essentially is what everybody else, what most people are doing. Lowest common denominator. Well, not the yeah, or just what what's most common. Yeah, you know what it what are most people doing or what most people think, and that's why if you're doing what everybody else is doing in the market when you're investing, you're going to have average returns in the market. Right. The best way to have average returns in the market is to invest in an index. Right. But do you really think that those that 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 they have average returns, best of ventures. I'd be interested in looking at, if you looked at their returns over 30 years, they're probably not too far off than VCs. That VCs that are of their size and get exposure to the kind of deals that they have. I'd be shocked if they were too far beyond what everybody, what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I would, I would like to know that. Maybe one of, the, one of our listeners could give us a little more insight. Um, I mean, it's probably, they probably don't. Well, you know what? I don't know if they, they probably publish it, but, you know, sometimes these business schools and stuff will have access to this kind of data and they'll yeah. say, well, you know, VCs have had an average return of, you know, X percent per year over the last 20 years or something like that. Yeah. May, you know, I don't know if they list them by name or what, but I think I've seen stuff like that. Well, um, unless you want to talk about it any further, that's my uh, anti-portfolio discussion topic. So... Um, you know, kind of related note, I was talking with, uh, it was interesting. I'm trying to, t- you know, talking to Colby about money. 
<laughs> well, it's like it's 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 the idea of talking to a, your kid yeah. about money in terms of I mean it's one thing about like did you earn money in your allowance and should you should you spend it on something sensible or not those are the kind of conversations that parents are usually having with their kids they're nine ten eleven twelve you know. yeah exactly so what 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 else what else did you have in mind to talk to him about? well I you know I told him how I, you know he knows how I invested in MV Code Club right okay. right and I explained to him I said you know here's how it happened. And I said, you know, I said the money that I used to invest in MV Code Club, the seventy-five thousand came out of your education fund. No, <laughs> well, I said was you didn't tell them that it was no, but um, you know, I can't remember if it came out of the education fund or the no, it, no, retirement it, fund. It came out of the um, so basically because you hadn't cashed your Uber stock in, so you 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 took it out of. Either one of those. Oh, I mean, I can't. You can't yeah. cash your rental goes public six months after. Goes Sorry, public, not Uber. So. Um, Tesla. Right, right, right. We yeah. took the equivalent money that made yeah. out of Tesla. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, the point is, I said <laughs> that money initially came from money investment in Tesla. Yeah. I said, you know, I initially saw this thing. I, I did a lot of research on them. I believed in it, and you know, put some money in it, and that not put nine thousand, and that ninety thousand, nine thousand turned into seventy five, and I took that seventy five, and I said, you know what, I. Buddy of mine's run this company. I understand it. It's just like catalyst, like what we're doing. I, in fact, I helped inspire him to do it. In fact, you might argue that I talked him into doing it. Yeah. And I believe in him. He's a really bright guy. And I said, you know, I, you know, put seventy five thousand into it. And I said, now I said when I invested, there were eighty kids. Now there are, you know, two hundred and seventy kids, mm-hmm. something like that. And I said, so if you do the numbers on that, I said the seventy five thousand is worth. And so I said, let's just assume that there's a one-to-one ratio, one-to-one correlation between the value of the company yeah. and the number of kids, which we charge a monthly, like a subscription amount. So it's pretty close, probably 0.9 correlation. And uh, I said, do the, I said, do the calculations. So he's going, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't. So and I said, well, just round. He's like, no, I want to round. I'm doing exactly. And I'm like, all right, Colby, you just just ballpark it, you know, just ballpark it. Yeah. And I said, and so he's like, ah, oh, about two hundred and fifty two thousand. Yeah. I was like, I'd probably not quite worth that much, but I said, you know, so I said, but here's the thing, though, all that money could have gone away, right? The money in Tesla could have been could have gone bankrupt. It doesn't only go up, right? Doesn't only go. You can totally disappear. You know, the money that went into MV Code Club can. That could that could have gone away already by now. It may still go away. Yeah, you never know. I said, but I said I think you know what he's, he's like. Yeah, he's like. So what you want to do is you want to look for a company that's going up really fast and then invest. I said, not necessarily because the money you put in, they could go straight down. <laughs> I was like, he's like, oh, and I ever walking through the garage. We're kind of you know his mind is working. And I said, what you want to do, I think, is you want to find a company that you really understand and you really believe in. You believe in their what they're selling, and you believe in the people running it, and that's the best you can do. Minecraft. Yeah. Now, Minecraft. Now, like that guy was on the cover of uh, Forbes. Um, What's his name? I can't remember. I don't know his name, but uh, Lincoln on it. it that, Notch. That, yeah, uh, yeah. And they've done pretty well. Yeah, but they're not uh, public. They just sold to Microsoft, right? Right. Yeah. Um. So, crypt, crypto. So, just looking at the stream here, Crypto IQ dash IO says Michael. Michael? All right, nice. Yeah. So he says, my 11-year-old nephew lends money to his mom at 10% per day. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a business. That's a business. Well, see, I think I think it's, um, I think it, I mean, it depends on the kid and their level. I mean, Colby can understand this stuff. He finds it interesting. As Sandy says, he's a capitalist. 
yeah. he's all about it. So I'm like, you know, so I'm trying to get it in his blood to think about, you know, how you make money, how you let money work for you. Yeah. How you invest. The dangers of investing, but the upsides of investing, you know, and just sort of getting him thinking like that. So like as he say, like, you know, you're saving up money, maybe you can. In- so what, uh, how does a 10 year old lend money to, to their mom? Like, how does that work? Well, it's just, you know, mom just. They're, they're probably just trying to teach him the power of But it's interest. a good idea. So you earn this money through chores, but if you reinvest the money in me or lend it to me, let me hold you're going to make extra percentage. You don't spend it. Yeah, well, it like- teaches the kid that if you don't um, consume it right away, you don't spend it, yeah. the money actually will, will have more money later. Rose. And, but if, it, if they just, if they paid her like, if, if they paid their son... Three percent a year, or something like that, or two percent a year. The kid'd be like, "Screw it!" You know? I mean, this is like a total. I'll just, I'll just take, I'll just go buy some transformers with it. Thank you right, very right. much, because like this is ridiculous. <laughs> like I had ten dollars, now I have ten dollars and twenty cents, you know, or something, yeah, whatever. So, so um, by paying him a high enough, a really exorbitant rate, which is like those payday loans. Ten percent per day, so that's not bad. That's like ten cents. Ten percent a day? Yeah, ten percent a day. That's that's ten ten cents on a dollar. That's like illegal. It's <laughs> like a payday loan. It's like <laughs> times ten. Like the payday loan's like ten percent a week or a month. Or um, but uh, but that's a good idea though. I would although I would do ten percent a day, but I would be like, I would tell Colby, it's like, or. My daughters, like, you know, maybe pay them a percent, like a 5% a month or something. Just, hey. just enough for them to go, hey, it's actually worth keeping. R- remind me which Michael this is. So, you know, actually, I meant to talk, um, talk about him. Um, I'm sorry, Michael, I'm blanking on your last name. He wants to type it in. So um, he's been a texting listener for a while, I believe. Um, he actually emailed me, I don't know, six months ago or maybe a little longer than that. Um, I think it was around November, December about, uh, he's that he, he, he was actually started to, building a bot to trade Bitcoin. Oh yeah. 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 And, um, I can't remember. I think, I think I shared with him the, the, uh, there's an article, those, there's a couple of professors who had written a Bitcoin bot. We talked a while back. Michael Rakita. Rakita. Yeah. Rakita. Michael Rakita. Uh, Trey soft. That's his company. Um, so, uh, I, I so we were talking about this, and this was back when you were starting to get the madness about trading. Yeah, right. So my, he was, my brief flirtation with trading. Yeah, your ten minutes of your fifteen minutes. Oh, of I've still got your Blondie Twenty Four book, by the way. And you said when you gave it to me, you said I I don't want to give you this book because you're going to keep it. Yeah, you said I I don't want to give you this book because you're going to keep it. You're not going to read it, and it's not going to be on my bookshelf. And I really enjoy having this book on my bookshelf. So just read it and give it back to me. And I've done exactly what you predicted. I did not read it, and I did not give it back to you. You're the most predictable person I know, by the way. <laughs> or at least I can predict you. I know you all know. I knew what you're gonna do. So I'm leaving today with that book. <laughs> well, I hate giving You'll take away. Book, no worries. I hate giving away books that I really like to people to read because nine times out of ten you're never gonna back. Right. You know. And then there's the kind of books you like every few four or five years you might reread it or reread part of it. Okay, just so. Oh, I want to. I want to. No, I, oh, I, I was okay. circling back to Michael. That, okay, so he, he made a comment which is uh, he doesn't spend his allowance and his mom is always short 10 to 20. That's, that's how, how it happens. Smart kids. So the he's learning. She's he's learning. Short to 10 to 20. So actually, she's like at a checkout or something and she's like, I, I've got to buy, I'm buying this cereal. And, he, and she, she's like, I've got no money. He's like, all right, mom, I've got 10. Take it. 
Ten percent. I want a dollar tomorrow. That's good. I mean, you know, it's that's the power of having you know, cash is king. Right. The power of liquidity. Um, you know, you when you have cash and other people don't, that's when they clean up. But but typically, if if a, if a kid, I mean, don't kids take after their parents? So it sounds like the mum's like not really making sure that she has the cash. Shouldn't the kid be doing something similar? Okay. Well, I mean, the, the mom could be doing it just kind of exaggerating it just, just see, to right. show him, you yeah. know. She may just be having, you know, but because obviously it's probably his credit card. Right, right, so yeah. She could just use that. So she's probably just like, oh, no, I don't have any money, you know, kind of thing. And it's <laughs> an opportunity for him to <laughs> just to show him the power of, of having cash when yeah. people don't. So, um, but who knows? Maybe she's just disorganized. A lot of par- a lot of people do. Or they just, oh, I forgot my wallet at home. I don't have any cash on me, you know. But so what was I say about Michael is he emailed me and he said that um, he told me that he had had a bot that he had built and that was that was doing pretty well. It was making money. Um, and so we did some back and forth. I asked him a bunch of questions and um, it was pretty interesting to hearing what he was doing. Um, he's he has like a master's or Ph.D. in physics. So he's he's a very quantitative guy. Yeah. Not, not only just it's not only does he know how to code, but he's mathematically sophisticated. So he could probably put together a pretty interesting bot. Um so he, um, but then he had the idea, he was talking about like creating a, a service that would collect historical data, real time um, data from a bunch of different exchanges. Oh, that's going to let people like back test it? Yeah, because we were talking, remember how we were kind of talking about that? And he said, and I think that's the time he emailed me. He, I think that kind of spurred him to email based <laughs> on that discussion. Yeah. He's like, you know, I was kind of thinking maybe I would build something like that for other people because I kind of need it for myself. And yeah, I was I I think I was asking you like would that would that be a good service to make? Yeah, but yeah. And I I said and so I was kind of advising him. I say, look, if you're going to do it, you want you want book data. You don't want just tick data. Um, you want you know so market depth, and you want to get it from all these different exchanges if possible. Yeah. And you know you just collect it all. And so he's like, oh geez, you know. <laughs> and I was like, well, look, if you're going to do it, and you want people, the kind of people who are going to pay for it are going to want. Yeah. High quality data. They're going to want all of it, and because that's what it takes to make. You know, oftentimes that's what it takes to build bots that are that are really successful. And so he did it. So he kept me up up to date once in a while. He'd send me an email once every two or three weeks or something, and be like, "Ah, so I got this going. I got a bot. I got a you know a, a something that's pulling from this exchange and pulling from that exchange and stuff." And um, so he has. Um, he has some, I think he has some paid customers now. He has like some hedge oh, fund sweet. guys or maybe or some, um, you know, just a, or just some bot, you know, bot traders. That's awesome. You know, just, with just, it. just an individual. people stick with it. Yeah. So I think he actually has something. I mean, he actually cool. has customers. I mean, I imagine that it's probably pretty small in terms of like a, from an absolute scale. But I think he's, he's, he's built something that he can utilize himself. For his own bot, which I think is he said has, has been overall has been pretty successful, but the side effect is that he has the service that you know provides like an API that other people can use, and so you know you have these sort of professional, uh, at least I, know, I think there's at least one professional firm that's dabbling in building bots for this, and then there's in, in probably some individuals. I think he just was like on like the Reddit, like the Bitcoin or hmm. some some Bitcoin or Bit Trading subreddit or something, and he mentioned it, and that's all. He says his, um, I, I said, you got any stats for us? He says his trend following bot did well when Bitcoin was trending, which, um, yeah. Oh, and he says he's got seven customers now, including a trading firm. There we go. Yeah. That, that is my favorite thing. When people start something 
they bootstrap it, they see it through, they actually get customers who pay. That's just, and I don't care if it's seven customers or if it's 700. Like, I think it's it's just massive. Just getting one customer is the biggest, the biggest uh, change, right? Yeah, Michael. Going from that, zero to one. Yeah, zero to one, Michael. That's so awesome that you did that. Now he gets to 10, and then after he has the 10, it's like, how can I go to 30 or whatever? But, oh, so the th- one of the reasons he emailed me, he's like, hey, you know, he's like, I hear you have a good, uh, you have ability to come up with names. <laughs> I was like, I need a name for this. <laughs> I need a name for this company. And he's like, it's going to collect like this altcoin data. I was like, what should I call it? What should I call it? And so... I thought about it for a minute. I think I went and took a shower. I think I just got home from the gym. I went and took a shower. And I'm like, I got it. Crypto IQ. It's, that is it. a great name. That is a great name. When I saw it, I was thinking, that name is really good. <laughs> but I really wasn't thinking, did Jason come up with it? But it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. You, you've named my side project. Yeah, I really like that name. That is a great name. It popped great up. Name. Well, you were, you were, I actually remember where I was. I was driving to the gym. Yeah, and you were you were like trying to describe. Well, it does blood, it this and that, and you describe it, and I said, "Well, just call it that." And you're like, yeah. "What?" It just it is just that, like, yeah. you know. It, I'm very excited about my cyber. I'm very very excited. I'm gonna I'm submitting it to the app store probably by the end of the week. Oh yeah. So and I'm I'm going to be launching tests when I get back from Europe in July. So people will start to know, be able to see what it is, I guess, pretty soon. Um, but uh, I'm still not gonna. Well, I'll say from my perspective, the user experience interface is gorgeous. I mean, you have done an amazing job. I think people will be really, really impressed. I mean, it is, it's pro shop. I mean, it is, it is as good as that kind of stuff generally gets. Yeah. Well, so, you, you gave me the great compliment of this is my, this might be the best work I've done. So thank you. So yeah. Much. Well, you've done some good work, but this is, that's, this is, this is, it's a uh, top flight. I mean, it is nice. So my, my only hesitation all along is, will the business work? Yeah. You know, and that's, there's always a question about that, right? You know, I mean, you never know, right? Is Are there margins in it? Is it going to work from a business standpoint? I was like, it's not going to fail because of the app or the user face. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that you got nailed down. So the question is, will the business model itself I'm work? pretty sure, and I'll put the camera on myself. Um, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a billion dollar company. <laughs> Just for the record, <laughs> it's a billion dollar idea. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> I um, you know, I think it's one of those things. that's kind of binary. Either it's gonna work, or it's not. And if it works, I think at the very least it will do pretty well. And I, when I say pretty well, that it could turn <laughs> into a nice. I think business. Yeah, something big. It's yeah. not gonna be. It's not gonna be something that's gonna make you uh, fifteen hundred dollars a month. Done. It's either going, you're either going to find out within three to six months. I mean, you might have to, it might take six months to really figure it out. You know, it'd probably take six months either, but if it works, it's going to turn into something. Uh, it's going to turn into a real business. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a Facebook, eBay, Uber thing, but what I am saying, well, what I'm saying be, is it's, I've learned all the lessons that I learned from Plugio. None of those errors are in this business, you know, so it would be new errors basically but for example um the plugio just you know doing too many features like building too many features it not really it's a super difficult difficult value proposition for customers to understand it's got like it's a low price point SaaS service you know just all just all those things that i now know none of them are in this business like this it's the opposite this is well, the it's good at least you're learning from simplest possible um value proposition it's just about exchange of money. It's just like, yeah, 
you know, it's funny. You you called me a couple of days ago and you're like, you know, I need someone to do X. You know, someone who could do this for me. Just, you know. Well, because you're the networker. You're the network guy. I was you know like, people. I was just like, dude, why would I know somebody like that? You know, and sure enough, like an hour later, I run into someone. I'm like, hey, I got an idea for you. Oh, you, oh, you do? You do <laughs> well, it turns out he he's not available, but he would have been the perfect person. Oh, I just no. walked out of the gym and he was staying outside the gym just stretching. And I was like, hey, Justin. Oh, that His name's good. Justin as well. I'm like, hey, Justin, what's going on? And I'm like, and he starts telling me what he's doing. He's in school. He's doing, doing he's back at school. And I said, you know, your first day, a buddy of mine, you know, needs some help with this thing. And um, turned out he was busy. I said, but, you know, talk to Samir for if you have one of your friends would be up for it. But he was perfect, you know, like he's 20, yeah, 22. I was basically looking for a beta tester for my project. So, yeah. Um, so, te- so uh, Philip, when I asked, will I still be able to do Digidoo with the new business? And the answer is absolutely yes. And by the way, it's called Modern Teacher, not Digidoo. You know, um, here's an interesting thing. So, um, I, I got a little notification on Instapaper. Uh, and it was sort of, it was uh, prompting me to upgrade to a premium mm-hmm. uh, plan. It's like three bucks a month or something. Um, Why not? You use it all the time, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine, which I did. Um, but it added, with the premium plan, they had two new features. One is highlighting and which notes. Which is what you'd wanted. Highlight and notes. What you were asking for the whole time. Right. And they also have an API. Ooh. So it's like, okay, maybe this is the opportunity to build the memory hole. <laughs> which is an ironic name because it's the opposite of the memory hole. The memory hole is that things go in and nothing comes out. This is the, the memory. This hole. is sort of <laughs> Jason, Jason, Jason. This is the, um, the idea being that when you read an article on Instapaper and you highlight some stuff, maybe do a few notes, anything that you do that to any article that you highlight, you make highlights on or, or write notes on the system will use space memorization the space memorization algorithm to email you that either links to those articles or to those notes, probably both email you those notes plus a link to the article to read more um, after following the uh, space memorization. So, so I would actually use that. Yeah. 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 So I think I might do that. I, I mean, that, I think that's going to be one of my summer um, fun projects. Cause that's probably like, to get a basic version of that is probably 20 hours of work. Well, Philip Monet is saying, I want that. Yeah. I want that in capitals. Cool. So, well, that would be fun to use because I, 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 the reason I want that, I mean, I don't know why other people want it, is that I, fresh makes me to no end that I spend all this time reading stuff and then I forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a pretty good memory for stuff because part of the reason is because I talk about stuff that I think about and when you talk about it, it kind of reinforces it. Yeah. And especially since, I mean, I haven't been doing as good a job of it as I used to, but when I make notes for the show or I go back in and look at stuff. No, you're we, terrible these days. Yeah. But, that would be another reinforcing moment, right? Hmm. So I would, you know, but if there's a way that I could every day get an email and be like, here's stuff you read yesterday, here's stuff you read three days ago, here are links stuff you read two, three weeks ago. So it might be like five to 10 links of stuff and it would just be the highlights. So it'd be kind of, because you know when you read an article, there's really like three or four sentences per article that really capture the key I know exactly because I never like I'm scanning when I when I go to read an article I scan over it and I literally only read the first four words of every paragraph and if it doesn't vaguely interest me I just skip over that paragraph. Really, that's your algorithm. That's, that's my um. That's interesting. Hmm. No, really, like you read the first few words of each paragraph. That's that is, that the, is not literally the first what I sentence. do. Yeah, but just just oh. just like I because I can just look at it without actually reading. I can get four words. I can go 
You make that sound effect? <laughs> into- <laughs> yeah, no, that's what's happening in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's well, you know. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm going to uh, pledge to actually try and do that this summer because no, here's the don't thing. do that. Don't thing. make those kind of. Promises. I, I said I'm gonna pledge to try. <laughs> I'll pledge to try. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> because, because all, all it needs really is the back end part of it, right? Because all it does is get is, is is an API. So all it can all it has to do is once, you know, at the end of the night, run the cron script or whatever hour, and it could pull and say, okay, go for all the accounts and says, okay, Justin, what articles have you made notes for? Okay, Justin read three articles. He 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 did highlighted, he made highlights on three different articles today. Yeah. Right. And it would put those into the queue and say, you know, it would just it would tag it like, here's the initial exposure to that article. I would love that. I mean, apart from anything else, that would be really useful for the show. Yeah. Just to be able to go through them in that way, right, right, and then uh, one of the things that one th- one of the things, and the fact that you make notes is great too. Yeah, and so and, and because it has all the con- text from the article, so all the Instapaper takes care of all that stuff, right? Yeah, and so and it also has a love feature. You can hit like the heart to love it. So like if this is an article like you really want, like this is something I really want to make sure I remember, yeah. right? Because it could be the kind of thing where you know if you read five to ten articles a day. I mean I don't know if people do that normally. I mean they at least articles they really care about. But occasionally, if you read a lot, there might be some like, okay, we'll prioritize these three. Yeah. You know, I mean, you really, you're, uh, you're ultimately kind of doing that. Anytime you highlight something, that's probably a good, good indicator that like, yeah, I actually care to remember this, <laughs> you know? But the, but the love can be like, let's, let's put this at the top of the queue. This is a must not mm. forget yeah. uh, our, um, article. Tom says, um, oh, I get why Jason sounds so laid back lately because he's relaxed on that sofa right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love recording here. This yeah. is a great environment. It is. Although I have your, I have the eye on me, so it's. I never know when I can scratch my nose or not. <laughs> scratch your nose now. Yeah, you scratch your nose. Yeah, I'm scratching my nose too, okay. and uh, um, yeah, everyone's looking at me doing it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm I'm actually digging the streaming thing. We got we got almost thirty. Pe- we know we got thirty people here now. Wow. So um, impressive. I'm, yeah, I'm really digging. The we had what like. Three or seven up here. Yeah, ago? last time it wasn't so good. But I think maybe maybe this could be an artifact of the fact that I just mailed it out like two hours before the show. Maybe that's a better strategy. Yeah. Why would uh, you do last time? A day before the show or something. Yeah, know. that's too far. People are gonna forget. You need a prompt. But also, um, Mike has been super like promoting us. Like he's, has he? Yeah, he's been promoting us and when people come come in, he's like, "I love these guys. You've got to watch these guys. They're amazing!" He's like, the, each new friend. Oh no, he's gonna to, raise expectations too right. high. They're like, oh, "I'm not that great." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people are kind of, like just kind of coming in and going, "What the f-, f are these guys talking about? Like kids field day? I mean, what?" Anyway, it's um, yeah, it's good, great. So, um, speaking of brain augmentation, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna dig this nice segue. segue, right? Yeah, nice yeah. segue. Um, Ray Kurzweil, I think, is you know, this is like a highlight. See, this would be a perfect number to highlight or, or, or uh, factoid to highlight an article. I think he predicted by 2040, where most of us are going to be cyborgs, we are going to merge with our computers by 2040. I believe it was 2040. I right. could be off, it could be 2045, but I'm pretty sure it was 2040. But basically, that sounds worse than it is. I mean, it just means an implant in your head that means you can directly interface with the computer. Something like that. Yeah, he said, we will think our thoughts will go directly to the cloud. Right, okay. So, and then, of course, likewise, it'd be kind of a, some kind of a 
push pull kind yeah. of streaming socket IO to your brain. <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, <laughs> okay, yeah. So we need like a JSON protocol that your brain can read. All right. The question is, what is, what what pro what is going to be the format that your brain can read? Is it going to be JSON? Is it going to be YAML? Is it going to be It'll so, be all of those formats. What, what's it going to be? There's got to be some kind but, of... But well, I guess it doesn't really matter the structure, but it has to be in some kind of... I mean, it doesn't matter how the format obviously is transmitted, but the question is like, how does it translate it into some kind of format that your brain can understand? All right. So do you have an answer? I don't. This is just a crazy question? I don't, but I was just reading... Um, you, have you, you know Jason Calacanis has this one email thing, a service called LaunchTicker? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I I get that uh, once a week. I get like a list of top tech stories for the week or whatever. And I just was before I deleted. I I I always feel feel guilty deleting it without reading it. So I was like, God damn it, I got to read these twenty stories. <laughs> so I'm like obsessive compulsive that way. Yeah, so I right. have to. If it comes to my inbox, I read it. So I'm going through one of it. It was this. Um, I think it was uh uh. Magic Leap or whatever was that that augmented reality company? I think they were bought by um, who were they bought by? No, it wasn't Oculus. So, but anyway, I think bought by Google. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Google, Microsoft. So Magic Leap, yeah, Google. I'm pretty sure. So the augmented reality thing, but it shines a light. So it, it you're in a you're in, uh, you know, you're looking at reality here, and it would like shine a light on your retina. And you like pick some zombie or alien or something, and you're like fighting like a, you're shooting like some kind of a first person shooter in the real world, and it's like yeah, yeah, casting these images is you know beaming these images on directly under your retina. Okay, that's sweet. Isn't that kind of cool. Yeah, that's very cool. But is that part of the? So I don't know. So maybe it maybe it somehow here here's a way to do it. I mean, obviously if it goes directly, if this information coming from the cloud s- streaming to the from the cloud into your brain is somehow depending on the kind of information it goes to different parts of your brain because you know, some parts of our brain is like emotion and some part it's more analytical and quantitative or stuff like that but maybe what it does is just it sends it directly to the optic nerve or, or creates like an image and kind of you know does the um, magic leap kind of approach and shoots it translates it to an image and just shoots it to your retina that'd be cool i mean that would be that probably does that sounds like a less efficient way that doesn't sound like the full cyborg effect. No, I mean that's not full on Matrix. I mean full on Matrix is like plugged into the back of your head. In. You're jacked in, yeah. Well, I don't. You can't tell the difference between reality and that other place. Yeah, well, you know how everything goes in half steps, right? There's got to be a Palm Pilot before there's an I- iPhone 6s, right? Yeah. I mean, are you ready for the topic change now? Um, I don't. know. Do you have more thoughts on on the on Kurzweil's prediction? No, I I thought you were going to back it up with something. Well. I, you know, I, thought you could back, I thought you could back it up with a story saying, well, today they implanted such and such in a rat and showed that he could project his thoughts onto... Because you remember that one thing where they, they, they did that with YouTube. Uh, basically, they scanned, they scanned in every YouTube video or something like that. And then they took a... They monitored someone's brainwaves and they were able to convert their brainwaves into images from YouTube. I think you're conflating two stories, or, but... I usually do. But that's right. They've they have done things where you think of a chair and like this rough image of a chair shows up on a screen. Yeah, they have done stuff like that. Um, what you're talking about is like you know using deep uh, deep learning to like 
scan all these pictures of cats and then be able to you know analyze this is what a cat <coughs> but right. anyway um uh you know so one, one thing i said this article was sort of funny um is that ray kurzweil made all these predictions back in like 1990 about what life would be like i think like 2015 or something like mm-hmm. that and he was off on certain things like he i think he said that there would be self-driving cars in 2009 oh really it wasn't that far off so he said he gave himself a B plus on his okay. 1990 rating, uh, yeah. 1990 predictions. Right. Um, I can't remember what he talked about, like flat screens and and Wi-Fi everywhere and things like that. So he's he got a lot of it right, um, but not everything. That's pretty impressive. So what did he get completely wrong? They didn't say. I don't think. Or I don't think what I don't. They did. I don't remember. But yeah. I think the self-driving car was one of the things that he said. Well, I, not here, but it's close. Micah says, I'm loving this. It's like an impromptu virtual texting summit. Yeah. Now, you, you really want to do that texting summit again, yeah? I think we probably should. I mean, that was fun, right? Oh, I loved it. I do think we should do it slightly different. I definitely think we should have a room where presentations can be given. That's it. Horrible. Well, a lot of people said it to me. You really? The whole time? Just sit in some hotel No, no, room? no, no. Not the whole time. Not the whole time. Oh. Just, just, a, just a place so that... We can do a couple of hours each day or an hour each day where we can go and actually brainstorm and talk about stuff. Because that was the one issue with the restaurants. A few people started talking about things like businesses or ideas and that, you know, you kind of wanted to, and they were drawing on napkins and stuff and you know what I mean? Okay. Like, so it's just like a place where someone could give an interesting presentation or definitely definitely not the whole time. So maybe, so every day there is the presentation uh, segment. Yeah, like yeah. middle of the afternoon, after lunch, yeah. before dinner, we got a block of time. We head over to a hotel. We've rented a room, and yeah, like, you know, people who really, really want to get presentation can have like a twenty minute. Someone who started some built some shit cool tech, like for example, you know, some interesting crypto thing or something, you know, just giving an interesting presentation. That's fine. Yeah, it. yeah. I just don't yeah. want to sit in a. I just don't want no, to sit no, in no, a no, conference no. room all day. I, you know, I, I hate. The problem with all these conference rooms is usually it's like you're under fluorescent light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light and just no, definitely not for the full for the full time. No, and no. The great thing about what we did, I mean, one of the things that I, I loved is that we were always in really nice restaurants with great food. And it was just it was, it was really it was it was nice. It was just it was. It I was felt like the last almost the last night was the best when we were in. It was just so super chilled um, in that last restaurant we went to what was that place called the japanese the sushi place no uh yeah well we went from sushi and then we went for a drink somewhere was it oh no we sat outside yeah that was super nice, super nice. okay so i'm glad because you said we you said you didn't know if we i just said I, I was just saying before let's not commit to something a year ahead like All let's right. just wait see how we're feeling so what are you thinking same time kind of october-ish i think that's the right time uh, because what did we do? We did like end of September, early October. Yeah. It was it, it was the kind of thing that didn't seem to conflict with anything major, holidays yeah. or whatever. And it wasn't super hot here. It was starting to cool down a little bit, you know. I mean you don't want to you don't want to do this in like August. People are gonna be like, Ugh, yeah. you know, it's ninety five degrees and mm-hmm. you know. Um Um, did you hear about Lantern? Lantern? Lantern, the device Lantern, the Indiegogo device. I bookmarked this like two months ago. I've been meaning to bring it up, but I just thought it was kind of kind of cool. So basically, Lantern, it's this, um, it's this. Uh, I guess it's like what a foot high, and maybe four inches square, and it's like a solar solar panel on each side. And what it is is it's, um, it just downloads the outer net, 
Have you heard about the alternate? Alternate. O u t e r. Alternate. O u t e r n e t. So basically, it it downloads um, data from the internet, where anywhere in the world, just okay. directly from space. Right? Okay. So um, basically, I'll just read. I'll read some of the blurb on it. So they raised they raised six hundred thousand, and I do want you to to listen to me rather than look at your phone over there like you're doing. Okay. But do you have something? Intelligent to say about it. Okay. Right. So Lantern is an anonymous portable library that constantly receives free data from space called the Alternet. Offline versions of the internet. It has its own built-in panels. And for example, you get daily news no matter where you are in the world. It kind of bypasses censorship. So um, it just works. You, you, can fill, you can also decide what gets saved on a daily basis. And uh, it's completely anonymous data consumption. So, because it it doesn't it doesn't come through a service provider. Yeah, doesn't come. Yeah. So you directly from the satellite. So you literally just plonk it somewhere in the desert or wherever you are, you know. And it but just you know gets they can block that too, right? I mean, anytime you can always jam signals. I mean, you know how like they've talked about people, um, people got in trouble for this for jamming uh, signals through. Like, there's one guy. Who had his car, had, some, had his signal jammer in his car would jam people's cell phones. So anyone who was driving near him, it, their cell phones wouldn't work because he huh. didn't want people talking on phones or texting or whatever when they were driving near him. Huh. Of course, he he think he got jail time or that. For Why that. would you like? Oops. I mean, that was kind of a weird thing to do, but yeah, yeah. Because you think people, if they're on the phone and they're talking, and then all of a sudden, like they lose a the signal, they're going to be looking at their phone like, "What the hell's going on?" You know, they're going to be more distracted. Yeah, you know. Anyway, though, there are, but how are they going to jam that signal from space? I mean, how, how would that work? Well, okay, let's 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 talk about you know uh, something like um, you know a country like China, which has a lot of resources and wants to do it. They can put some giant. They could probably put. Some, I don't know the physics of, of signal jamming, but they could probably put some on the radio towers, put some giant signal jammers and jam stuff like that. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, like I said, some some other things that that was the good and selling points. All you have to do, I think, maybe if we have a Michael or Kita, who's I think our resident physicist, might be able to say it. But I think if you were sending out signals in the same frequency, you just kind of jam the signal, you interfere with. Yeah, the signals, you just interfere right? with it, and you really wouldn't have to completely jam it. You just have to mostly jam it, and it just screws it up enough that it gets kind of sort of scrambled. But some other good things about this device, uh, that, that, you know, and they, as they sold it in the video, which I thought was kind of cool, is you know. Like a village in the middle of Africa or anywhere can use this device and it it sends down, you know, curriculum like math curriculum, you know, English curriculum, all that kind of stuff. So you get a library, basically. You just you can connect cheap tablets to it and you even though there's no kind of internet connection anywhere near, you are getting data. Which is kind of very cool, I thought. It is cool. Uh I just don't think it's a way around uh, censorship. Okay. Unfortunately. See the thing is you know, I've always I've heard this since the start of the internet. Where people talk about like you know, information wants to be free, and there's no way to stop this. It's like there are always ways for governments to stop things. They have more money with you than you. They have more guns than you. You know, they can stop anything that you think you're doing that you can get away with. You can get shut down. If the government, if a if a government, especially a well-funded government like the U.S. or China or whatever, wants to shut something down, it's going to get shut down across a, a lot, whole country, or most of it, or at least at least. They're you know, going to they're gonna signal it, it, jam an entire... Okay, I'm just going to say this. They're going to signal jam an entire country? I don't know. Why not? I mean, okay, if you're like, you know, they call the Great Firewall of China. You know, right, you right. Know? I mean, it's the kind of thing that you don't have to 
block everything to 100%, level of 100%. But if you can block it for 98% of the people, that's effectively the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. because if 2% of the people have an opinion or have information about something, they're not enough to sway the 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 entire body politic, right? Okay, I you see. No, it doesn't matter. This. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like you know we talk about things that like oh the you know we start talking about you know what was it uh, letters from the dark side. And it's like well why don't people know about? It? It's like well like millions of people think X Y and Z, but it doesn't matter what millions of people think. What matters is what you know fifty to hundred million people think. Tom brings up a point, which is that. Um, the satellite in its own right is probably quite restricted about the, the amount of power that it puts out. So that signal is probably pretty weak. So in fact, it probably would be pretty easy to jam that signal. Yeah, I, I, I would it. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and, you know, so th- that sounds like you have the signal coming down from a satellite or even like a network of satellites, you know, and, 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 and satellites are expensive. So there's only going to be so many of them that are going to be supplying, you know, uh, data, even to a smaller country like England. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if if uh, the UK government decides that you know X, Y, and Z information or sites are off limits, and we're gonna and they're gonna shut that down, I mean, they could just you know probably find ways to even sort of semi direct their signal jammers to not only the wavelength but to where the stuff is coming from. They could track the satellites, maybe, and probably, even as it starts to spread out, maybe they could probably they could kill the whole satellite, the whole feed to the whole. Oh, that sucks. There's probably a lot of ways. I oh, mean, I man, don't know. You but... made me sad. I was really happy about that project, and now now I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, there's an article I read recently about. Um, it, you know how we talked about whitricity? Yeah. A couple years ago, where yeah. so it, for people who don't know, just like how you can you can transfer signals using Wi-Fi, you can transmit electricity by creating a magnetic field that interacts with another magnetic field which then translates that into and electricity. And you convert it back into electricity, electricity yeah. Right. And so things like that would be really useful for is say like, you know how you have your little Apple, your mouse, and it's always running out of batteries. Yeah, it's like so annoying. Months. Well, that'd be the thing. It's close enough to your computer that if you have like a Y-tricity kind of thing, it would always be able to, re- it would be continually recharging. Right. And I'm surprised that they haven't done that, but anyway. Oh, no, there's got to be. So where, where, sorry, where are you going with this? Are you going with the reason why they Yeah. No, no. So, well, there's another one that we talked about a couple years ago, and or not maybe maybe a year ago. There's a, a a woman who was working on this. I think she's a. I don't even think she's necessarily a scientist, but and I, she started on this kick of using sound waves to trans transfer energy. Yeah. So, uh, and first she talked to a lot of engineers and sort of physicists, and they're like, no, no, you can't do it for X, Y, and Z reasons. But ultimately, found a lot of ways that you could use sound waves. To transmit and just like the electricity approach. Yeah, I don't know where that is. I haven't heard much about it. But another one I read was, uh, about a couple of days ago was using ambient Wi-Fi signals. They basically getting energy off of ambient Wi-Fi. Is the reason why you're bringing this up because someone has a way to to block this? No, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, okay. you know, we talk about like this ambient signal. I just thought it was kind of neat that like you have these very low power. Um, devices like the Internet of Things or whatever, yeah. and it's like you don't really need that much power. In fact, you, the battery would need to be super small. Well, some of these could actually be powered off of um, ambient Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, in fact, that was one of the things I uh, I, <laughs> I used Instapaper and I made like a little highlight on it. <laughs> I was nice. It was one of my first highlights. I, but um, yeah. All right. So what do you got? What do you got? Uh, well, we're hiring. Um, so at uh, at Modern Teacher, we're hiring again. Uh, we're looking for full stack developers. 
And uh, actually, but we're, you know, the discussion about hiring and like, how do you find the right person? You know, how do you like, we kind of know what we want now. I mean, we're a relaxed culture. We're not super intense. We're not too opinionated. We want someone who kind of wants to make a difference, who's open-minded, who doesn't mind cursing, because we do that a fair bit. Um, someone who's competent. Who They're going to work directly for you? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so you're looking for a developer. Pretty much, but like a full-stack full stack developer. So someone who's just as comfortable, just like us, you know, someone who's comfortable on the front end and on the back end. What technologies should they be sort of... Um, well, the ones, I mean, basically, obviously, we will use new technologies as time goes on, but the product is mainly focused around... Um, Laravel and Rabbit. So RabbitQ, which is a, a rather large part of our product, um, because we have it's it's very distributed in the sense that we have like two versions of our API. We, one version of our API plugs in at the school level or the classroom level, and so and then one version is like the main kind of home cloud version. So that it sends out via a message bus distributed messages to classrooms and to schools, and so Laravel, Rabbit. Node, JS, a lot of a lot of or a lot of uh, orchestration via Salt, which has been like my biggest learning from this job. By the way, I've absolutely loved Salt. Right. Yeah. Just to orchestrate hundreds of servers in one go—that's really really cool. But anyway, yeah, we're you know we're looking for someone. So. But how do you find? That's my question to you. How do you find the people? Like, it's so easy to end up with people who just aren't quite right. How do you find right people? So how do you find the right person? How do you find the right person? Yeah. What's your, what's your approach? Have I found the right person? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> how do you find them? Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, uh, hmm. I mean, one thing you don't want to do is test people on things that are really relevant. No, I know. Like right? te tests is a waste. Of I'm going to give you a brain teaser. Yeah. I'm going to give you a whiteboard coding challenge. I mean, yeah. Sometimes it's things that to, 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 to sort of sort some weird list and some, or do some weird algorithm thing like that stuff is usually kind of yeah. dumb. I mean, you know, you know, unless, unless that's the kind of stuff you're doing every day in your product, like, don't worry about it. Like, hey. I know one thing, I know one thing, and this is, this is definitely a consistent learning that I've got. We want people who are who are m more pragmatist than purist. Like, I find that people who are purist and have these purist ideals tend to be quite argumentative. You don't want to argue. I don't mind arguing, but I also don't want to just like spend a lot of time arguing about implementational details about whether we're using the right patterns. Like, I just want to get stuff done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's definitely been caused problems with a couple of engineers in the past. Mm -hmm. so that's that's and then how do you kind of weed that out that's the i don't know how you do well, that you've also had problems you, you want people who test their code really well right? right so you know here's here's when i helped um so i advised this one company um i'm for what you call an advising cto to a company called pivot yeah and uh when i helped hire their vp of engineering and now their lead developer um you know what i would always say is like have them build something that you actually need to get built you know just a very small piece of it and see like how would they do it and pay them a contract rate or something uh you know not really i mean if it's like an hour-long project or an hour and two hours uh, like oh, to right. say look you have two hours build this thing like this is this is a small slice of what we're gonna do this is exactly the kind of stuff we do and like i we, don't know how that works because like i don't know like how do you even get them set up with an environment to to start developing that stuff in only an hour 
Um, well, you know, you can, you, you know, you know, VMs and stuff like Docker right. stuff. You could create yeah. like, you could create a temporary environment, right? I guess. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I mean, it's like this. It's like, you know, when they, you know, the NFL, they're trying to get a quarterback. You want to go see how the quarterback plays against other NFL players and do running through quarterback type situations. You don't want to just test them on how high they can jump. I was thinking that maybe the best way would be to like hire them as a contractor for a, a week. Yeah. Work with them for a week. Yeah. Well, I would go through steps. Yeah. The first thing I like to do is I just like talk to people. Yeah. And get a sense of who they are and what they care about and what they're, what they, you know, just get a real sense of their, what their uh, personality is, you know, I mean, because if you don't like them or you have things about them that's just going to rub you the wrong way or they're hard to communicate with or so whatever. Be sure to curse quite a lot during first discussion. I would say be, you, be yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely got to be yourself. Yeah. But yeah. second of all, I, I mean, just have them talk about themselves and what they want to do and what they care about, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, it doesn't have to be kind of like, you know, a drill, like ask a bunch of questions. Like if you could be anything in this world, what would you do? Just talk to them, have them talk yeah, about their life, yeah. talk about the projects why they did stuff. You know, just kind of, um, stuff that people put a little, have, have put a little bit of thought towards over time. You know, cause you put the people on the spot and they give, sometimes they can give weird answers. Cause mm -hmm. like, I don't really know how to answer that. Um, so then you get a sense of the personality. Like, okay, by the way, this person is talking, I, they talk like they understand how to code or they had how to build systems or how to test them. They just, just getting a sense of them. There's no red flags that sounds like they they're they're making stuff up, mm -hmm. right? If they pass that bar, and you're like, you know what, I can work with this person. This person seems they're they're cool. Like I could hang out with them, you know. If they clear those two bars, then I'd be like, okay, look, I like you. I I, I enjoy I enjoy talking to you. I think it'd be fun to work together. You seem like you um, know how to do the kind of stuff that we need done, and the stuff that you don't know how to do. It sounds like you could probably learn pick it up pretty quickly. And yeah. so, so here's here's what we need to do. Like, let's just have you do like a little mini hour, two hour thing. I'm going to have you code two API endpoints and write a test form, whatever that pulls from the database. How about, okay. So how about to, to bypass the whole setup issue? How about if that was a, a, a screen shared session? So you're doing the work and they're kind of looking over your shoulder, telling you what to do. Kind of thing. I don't know. I see. I see things as far the further you take it away from how they work, Mm -hmm. The more art, the more I guess you get to see because because if if they're a good coder, they'll be typing dick, 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 real, real fast, and you know they'll be going they'll be going through their um I don't even tools and things like that. The thing so. is that people become when they have a camera on them, they act different mm. than they would normally. Right, right. People get self conscious and they're like, oh, this is weird. But it's not a camera; it's just a screen share. Whatever, right. you know, like oh, you do you, you you they just like if I write because. I think when I code, so I write a lot of weird stuff and then I change it around. I go through a period of sculpting, you know, I don't, you do, you know, and that's just how I, <laughs> but it do. ends up very nice. Oh, thank it you. It goes I, through an interesting phase. I got, I, I think on the screen. So, but I'd be get a little, I could get a little self-conscious if you're watching. It's like, I have to come to me, like, just don't worry about what I'm writing here. This is just a brain dump yeah. and then I'll, I'll shape it out. But so what I'd be, I'd say to him, is like, here's environment set up for you. Let's get, make sure you're all set with environment. Okay. You have two hours and all you have to do is write, you know, and at two API endpoints, one is a get and one's a put or an update and it's going to pull stuff in the database and it's going to do this query and it's going to create this stuff and then they write a test or something like that, right? Yep. Something that's very um, uh, atomic in some way or at least it's, it's it's isolated in a way. It doesn't, it doesn't require tons of other knowledge of the system, but it's pretty straightforward. But it's sort of realistic. Like this is the kind of stuff that you're going to do. 
right? Mm -hmm. And if they can get through that, then you can always talk about hiring a contractor. But as you've talked about before, because I've talked to you about this before a couple of times, you know, a lot of people are not interested in doing that. They're, they're in a job and they're not going to quit mm -hmm. their job yeah. to do this. You exactly. know, if, if you're dealing with somebody who's already a contractor, they might be willing to do that. But you're probably limiting, you're probably cutting your your funnel <laughs> of potential developers down by 90%. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. Because you probably want, ideally you want not a consultant, somebody who who really just wants to jump from project to project and and, and everything you want someone who's more more interested in like look i just want something that's it set, sucks because right? i just put like the i just put a you know a, a job um out on we work we work remotely.com and like a lot of the resumes i do get back are you know you can they're experienced people who have like 10 years 15 20 years but it's like every six months it's a change and you know we do want someone who's going to be there for a few years that kind of, so that kind of sucks and like why would they stay there for a few years with us when they've switched six months with everyone else and i've noticed that when someone has a trend it usually sticks you know yeah well it's pattern of behavior but you can always talk to people and ask them sometimes just strange things happen like well this company out of business and then here my wife and i we moved or just be things that may you know you could talk to them about it and be like this person is perfect in every way except they've they've jumped ship a few times and it might not always be that they were just bored and wanted to do something different it was more like how about, about if they stuff. jump ship 20 times that's probably around very long. Yeah, probably. But, you know, yeah, if it's three times, they've jumped three times recently before that, not as much. But uh, anyway, I would just my, my general message, though, is make sure that you like them and can work for them and can communicate with them. And beyond that, test them, put them under a system that's as uh, or a test environment that's as close to their actual what they're actually doing as possible. Mm. That's it. You're yeah. not you're not you're not going to be having them. You screen share, then it's like, that's not how you work. You don't like micromanage people. Some people get really weirded out by that. Like, look, we do do a lot of screen sharing, but, but, you know, but really that's not really, doesn't matter. What really matters is that, you know, when they show up with their code three hours later or the next day that they got something that works, it's tested and everything. You don't care if they cut and pasted some of it from Stack Overflow. Or I mean, whatever. It's, it is incredibly collaborative, um, the way we work. So we, we're talking, I mean, I don't know whether you, you do that. Well, with then whatever. People. I mean, if that's the way he worked, then test that. If that's like, what, if it's you not, care it's not screen sharing all the time, but there's a, there's a crap load of slacking, like sharing code, like. But that's different, but that's different than having you watch me code for two hours. Oh yeah. 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 That's really weird. No, no, no. We'll, we'll jump on and do screen sharing for like five minutes. Like, so Jeremy will encounter some like weird issue and I'll, I'll know about that area of the code. So he'll slack me a team viewer and I'll, I'll be in there and I'll be, oh yeah, yeah, there. And then we'll be kind of done. So we do lots of five-minute screen share sessions. The one thing that I always found kind of annoying as companies is what they do is they do these toy problems, whether they're brain teaser problems or algorithm problems or even coding problems, and they they they, they set the they set it up that the the power dynamics are like I know this I'm an expert but I'm going to put you and see how you do but you know but the reality is the only reason I know it is because I given this problem to twenty people you know but it's like it's not really fair but if it's like hey write this code I haven't written it I don't know. Like we we need this built. Bunches we'll build these two endpoints. Like it just feels a little more fair. You well, know? The, the other thing is is that when you when people make tests, they usually make tests that are around based around their own idiosyncrasies. So I even know that because back in the old days in UK, I did a little bit of that, and I realized you know actually those were really unfair tests because it's just about the way that I code. You know, like I I always use a for each as an iterator, for example, 
And so, but many people don't, they do, they use different kind of iteration schemes. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, so, you know, and, and you could always afterwards talk and say, look, these are sort of how these, these are the, our coding standards and this is what, how we like to do things. And people can always adjust it. Okay. So you want to you put my bracket there. You want me to use a four H fine. But anyway, I, I would just make it as close to reality as possible. And if they can deliver something, it's like, yeah, man, I'd be happy with that. If you check that code in and it ran, Sweet. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Really close. Then, like, that's a good, that's what you want. Yep. Well, thank you very much. You know, topic? Uh, let me just see. Um, well, the, it's not so much a topic as a link that I want you to put in the show notes. Remember, I said a while back that I was totally into learning signal processing? Yeah. Like, I really want to get into that one day. Well, um, something came up on Hacker News uh, a paper, signal processing for everyone. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it isn't signal processing for everyone. You you need to at least understand some pretty hardcore math to yeah. be able to read through this thing. So, yeah, like you I probably guess, need like you probably need like at least probably differential equations, vector calculus kind of level stuff. So, I'm just giving you a warning that at some stage within the next 5 years, I'm going to be coming to you and saying, "Jason, Remember that thing you did with your brother where you took him through a, a bunch of different math? I'm going to have you sit down. I'm going to make the kids tutor you. <laughs> That'd be perfect. I'm like, all right, you three kids, <laughs> Riley, Colby, Nicole, you're going to teach Justin calculus. That would be perfect. That would be perfect. Know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, it's funny, you know, there's in a, there's kind of like, there are fields, most fields, <laughs> occupations in this world require essentially no math. Nothing will be above percents in arithmetic, you know? But the few that do, they require a lot of it. You know, I mean, there's a little bit in business, like in financial a analysts, the kind of stuff where they do, they kind of excel math, where it's like, well, you have to know basic statistics or you have to kind of know how to run a linear regression or do some kind of, eh, you know, it's it's not really high, high, high level stuff, but it's it's certainly more than arithmetic. But then it's like it immediately jumps up to like you have to know, you know, like this kind of stuff. Like you have to know differential, partial differential equations, or you have to know really advanced probability statistics. Otherwise, you just there's no you can't you cannot contribute. You can't even. It's just it's like an impenetrable. Oh, you don't even. Wall. Yeah, I've been looking at those equations, and I'm like, I know nothing about this. And you have and 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 as and as and as much work as you think it would take to know to learn that, it's actually a lot more. It's as it is is it is, takes a lot. That's why, see, that's one of the reasons where I'm like, you know, you know, when I look at Colby or, or these kids, it's like, you know, l learning how to code is an incredibly powerful and useful skill. And it seems like it's just getting more useful. You know, it doesn't seem like it's something that was just like a temporary, an aberration for 30, 40 years. People paid a lot of money and now it's kind of not hmm. so important. It seems like it's really useful. Though. But People can learn how to code on their own. There are lots of websites, whether it's Code Academy or Freehouse <laughs> or whatever, or different things where people can kind of learn how to code reasonably well and they can do like a boot camp for 12 weeks. And that is not going to happen with math. It's not going to happen any more than you're going to learn Chinese in 12 weeks. It is a lot of work. That's what, like, let's get this done now <laughs> because yeah. you're not going to show up in college. It's, it's a rare person who shows up in college and, and was kind of didn't know very much math in high school and then just like catches up and does really advanced math. Usually it's just you you really have to be prepared. I mean, there are people who have done it on occasion who are just extremely bright and extremely committed and they're going to like 
and they and they have a situation where they can like take courses in a sequence that allows them to catch up. But it's like you need to get this stuff nailed down fat early and you need to get it nailed down well if you're going to do stuff like that. You know, because it's like, you know, if you if all of a sudden you decide, hey, I want to get signal analysis, it's like, I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's just really hard to do. You know, but if you said, oh, I want to learn this new database, we're going to learn this programming language, I'd be like, yeah, no problem. That's easy. I'd be really interested to know like how well I could do learning math given that I like, you know, know nothing about it and, you know, like zero education, you know, like I, I get how I've managed to get here with coding because I've just been, it's been working on it for 20 years and you're going to get good at it something if you really, but like math, would I even be able to pick up just the basics? I really don't know. I don't know. I think, I think from like starting from, from knowing like just kind of arithmetic percent like you don't know algebra or anything right you just know basic arith you know no i don't even know that i mean i'm like very very basic so it would probably like, the, be like I, I never like i told you this before like i had never learned just because of my phase where i wasn't at school at this time i never learned the math table for example so you know doing the 12 times table right just basic things like i don't know it yeah well for you it would probably it would be like learning become fluent in chinese or japanese Right, it's going to be something. Not like becoming fluent in, in German or French. It would be a lot. There's nothing. It would take yeah, because many in, years in French, there's there's some basic. There there is some basics, you know, that you'd understand. But there's nothing translatable from computer from programming. Oh, there are certain things. Oh, like a variable. You know, yeah, there are variables and things, and yeah. there's a concept of a function, and you know, just like there's functions, and you know, sure. But um, I understand percentages by way of like. Uh, scaling something so if i want if i want something to be half as big i've i can times it by 0 0.5 you yeah. know i understand that kind of basic thing so so i think so like just look at these kids like class three days a week i took them from they didn't they barely knew what an equation was mm. um to in the end of the year they're they're actually can calculate you know, second derivatives, they can do definite integrals. and That's a year stuff. of three days a week, basically. But they can't, They didn't master everything in between, you know. So I'll, by the end of next year, I think they will have mastered all of high school math. They're probably, so, probably going to be a couple of years then of just like hardcore learning if I ever decided to get into it. You'd have to. You'd have yeah. to have time. And I, I can't imagine that you would, knowing your track record of your interest level thing. <laughs> well, you know, you, you're interested in stuff for a couple months and then you kind of move on. It's just, it's just uh, probably more than you would yeah. uh, want to do. I just, I just like building things. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think what would happen is you would get excited about it. You'd come up with a really exciting plan and you'd do it for a month to six weeks and you'd kind of right. fading off and be like, well, you know, I had to do work stuff. <laughs> or, I don't know. It's just, it's just, um, you know you me so well. It. You know I mean, me you, so you're, well. You're, you could learn it if you wanted to. It's just um, it would have. See, the thing is that you're interested in um, in signal processing. It's just a, a curiosity. It's just an interest. But it's one That's of many true. interests. And yeah, interests change. Yeah. And and the cost of 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 taking on this interest is is really high. It would take a lot. Um, not that I'm saying you shouldn't do it. And but maybe with signal processing, you can um. Rather than trying to understand it from a mathematical level, maybe you can make use of libraries that do a lot of the signal processing. And you don't actually have to learn the math. Like, oh, well, you know what? Screw the math. Just like there are libraries out there for machine learning. Like, you don't have to know the math behind a sport vector machine or a neural net to use a neural net library. Mm -hmm. 
micro vector machine, right? It's just like create a data frame, you put some data in, this is my training set, this is my validation set, da, 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 you know, and you can just use it and figure mm -hmm. it out. And there are people who, in fact, most of the people who probably use machine learning libraries, they learn the math behind some of it at some point when they were in undergrad or graduate school, but they've kind of forgotten. They don't use the math. You know, they just, the algorithms are written, the, pro, the libraries work. This reminded me of something that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, there's something I had in my mind. So you know how like being a programmer, basically a lot of good programmers, well, certainly me anyway, I always try and look for the fastest shortcut solution to, to, to kind of solve something. So I'll always try and, you know, reuse a library. And it's, it's kind of like this every day. It's always like the, the, the pleasure circuit in the brain. Like when you do this shortcut, when you achieve this shortcut, a little spike of dopamine going off. Yes, I, I, I won that. I did that. I noticed that, that having done that for so long, that that spills over into real life. So, and what I'm talking about now is generally maybe what my issue is with like weight and all that kind of thing. I wonder, is it because I'm so like ingrained in this shortcut thinking, this pleasure circuit thinking that I just don't want to do anything. Like you, you even said to me once, if there's a loophole, I'll drive through it. Right. Mm. I, I wonder if, the, if, the, if it's just a, a thing that may have happened to me and possibly some other programmers as well. Think about the new, you know, like a, a neural net, like how you're just con continually reaffirming this, you know, this is a winning strategy. This is a winning strategy. Do a shortcut, do a shortcut. It's a winning strategy. Is it possible that that could translate into just, that's the reason why you're lazy <laughs> in the you've rest had, of your you've life? You've had so much success with doing shortcuts. So, yeah. I mean, like you expect there to be a hack for everything. Exactly. But there isn't necessarily a hack for everything. Right. I mean, there are, and, and, there and, are less and more efficient ways to do things, accomplish things, but at the end of the day... You got to do the hard work and like exercise and getting in shape is one of those things. But it's, it's, it's like, I've trained myself to completely ignore something that doesn't work. That's, you know how the thing that you like about me, you say is. The thing that you like is that you say that I try so many different things. The reason why I try so many different things is because I can so quickly evaluate whether the hack's going to work or not. Is this going to hit the pleasure circuit? Is this going to be the shortcut I'm looking for? And I think maybe that's transferred into my real life. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, that makes sense. I mean, it's like if you've had success doing shortcuts, taking shortcuts all the time, your brain has come to expect it and you just assign a very negative value to anything that's not a shortcut. And yeah. So you're just, it's like an exercise. It's a, so it, which is sort of like a, 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 it's almost like a muscle, an atrophied muscle. Yeah. A muscle of like, look, I'm just going to have to slog through it. There's no way around this. I'm just going to have to push through this. And so, it's not gonna it's not gonna just push through for a weekend or two weeks. This is gonna take months of 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 slogging. There's no other way. It's a it's a rise and grind kind of But but like maybe I'm damned before I start. Like maybe I need re reprogramming of the brain. Like <laughs> Well anyway, so that's my excuse. Well so so <laughs> that's my excuse <laughs> for, for the last uh, five years of this show. I think I finally worked out what my excuse is. Well I always but, you know, I, I, well, I do think it is possible to change yourself. Usually people don't change unless they hit rock, rock bottom. Um, I, but I always say it's like just change your context. Put yourself in a situation that's going to set yourself up to succeed as much as possible. Like you, under know, you know under what situations you tend to flourish and situations you tend to struggle. Well, okay. I want to say one thing. I remember one thing. I never used to be like that. Like that's something that happened to me the more that I did coding. But I remember when I was around 30, I was out playing ball in 
the um in a park somewhere and someone threw playing me through you know playing like catch okay. right someone threw the ball to me and the thought came to my head there's no reason to catch that ball like it's just it's just a waste of life to pick your arm up and catch that ball like it would be it, you on the face. It, no it would just be better to just do nothing right now and so in other words that's the shortcut you see what i'm saying do nothing just literally do nothing it's like a, a a more winning strategy in your life to do nothing rather than have the effort of lifting your arm to catch that ball. Okay. I don't, why, why was that your, why, why did you think that was? Well, I, I, I thought that that's, that's such an extreme thing to think. And I wonder if that comes from that type of thinking. Like if everything I think, like, should I get up now? No, there's no point. Like it's, it will be a shortcut to not get up. Should I like lift my arm up? No, there's no point. It will be a shortcut to not lift your arm up. Sounds so like that's Camus the stranger. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, he, you know, anyways, like, why it's the point of anything, you know? Right. No point is a sort of existentialist <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't mean from an existentialist point of view. But that, but that's I just he, mean from a, like a laziness point of view. It's just easier. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, my my sort of, um, I have a couple thoughts on this. One, I if there's a more efficient way to do something, I definitely believe in efficiency yeah um uh you know i don't like wasting time to doing stuff i don't like being yeah i don't like being uh, inefficient um is that's just a waste mm -hmm. right um but at the same time i've also found that you get out of things what you put into them mm. you know um it's like you know whether it's uh the podcast or it's soccer teams I, that i used to run or it's the math class or whatever i mean a lot of the success and the fun that came was derived from that endeavor was how much energy i put into it and that energy came into the quality of things that i was doing for it or the creativity that i injected into it like oh we should do this or we should do that and you know um so that's something i always keep in mind it's like look as long as you're not being incredibly inefficient if you're putting positive sort of well-constructed effort into something there's going to be a lot of positive stuff to come out of it. so it's worth putting energy into mm. i mean you make your own experience you create your own opportunities and it is all from injecting a continual kind of injection of positive energy nice you know i mean that's 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 really what it's all about and everything like everything that i've and if i look at the things that have worked out in my life that have given me the most um, positive or, or experiences, it's, 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 it was due to that. You know, anytime that I like phoned it in or half-assed it or whatever, you know, that's what I got out of it. I didn't get a whole lot out of it because I bullshitted it. I didn't really give it a, I didn't really give it, put into it what I should have. All right. Well, I think that's a very positive way to, uh, End the show. All right. Unless you have anything else you wanted to go through? No, I think that's good. We've been on that show, what, it's been over two hours, right? We've done, we've done a couple of hours, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that's a wrap. We're out. Thanks so much, guys, on the stream. There's uh, 42 people here now. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. That's great. Thanks for very much for watching the show, and... Um, if you're on the, if you go to techzinglive.com, that's techzinglive.com, um, you can join our mailing list and we will send an email out uh, probably a couple of hours before we do our next live stream. All right, well, um, thanks, guys.
All right.